Episode 184. It's been four years of me numbering episodes, and these assholes still haven't given me a name. Seriously, fuck you. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lion-O, command it. Hi, this is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O on Thundercats. And you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats. Oh! Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right, Jake. You know what? Uh, yeah, I uh, took last week off, uh, back at it again. Yeah, it went by so fast. It doesn't feel like two weeks. Yeah, yeah, it did go by pretty quickly. It was a nice break, but honestly, it's like I've been back to work and, uh, you know, it feels like, I don't know, man. I barely had enough time to get notes in this week. It's a, it's a, it's amazing that we're even having a show this week, man. I didn't think I'd be able to put this fucking shit together. All right, we got we got some good shit this week, right? Some good news. Yeah, we got some decent stuff uh, coming your way, I guess. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe not the host, but I mean the content's pretty solid. Oh, there we go. We'll yeah. we'll do it. We'll make it happen. Yeah. We might be suffering from erectile dysfunction, but you know what? The uh, <laughs> yeah, our news. We're not alone. There's other people yeah. too. Maybe our news is Viagra. That's what's going to keep us going. <laughs> I feel like Frank's not. You know, he's not on the yeah. podcast, but it feels like he's here in spirit. <laughs> bring it up you're like hearing dick jokes in yeah, your head exactly i've got like this little frank on my shoulder whispering dick jokes in my ear <laughs> <laughs> oh man so uh let's see here uh what do i 
what do I, what do I want to start out saying here? Oh yeah, hey, uh, so, uh, did we ever figure out, did we ever figure out, like, the four years, like, this is our four year anniversary show. Is today the anniversary or is tomorrow? Like, uh, what, what do we consider this, Jake? I don't know. I don't know. I, that picture that I showed you was a post that you posted. Yeah. But maybe you got it wrong then. <laughs> maybe I got it. <laughs> Correction Tuesday, four years later, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But that picture you should – maybe it is – maybe you're right. Maybe yeah. today is the day we recorded the episode. Yeah. And tomorrow is the day the episode was actually put out. Yeah, so the 28th is the day we recorded and uh, the 29th is the actual day it was put out. So that's like the official the official day. And yes, Frank, I just said put out. <laughs> so the 28th is like our our birthday yeah. or our anniversary. Yeah, everybody else is the 29th. Everyone else is 29th. I like that. I or, like that. Or if your you're special anniversary. Or if you're Brandon McLean three and a half years later since he was late it's, to the show. It's no anniversary to me. I wasn't I wasn't any part of that. <laughs> you weren't any, you weren't any part of that dumpster fire. You had other fires to put out with the That's it, true. It goes to show you how like how the show's changed. Like if I could go back four years, you would definitely be on that episode. I feel like such a dick now. I was just like I was like Jake, Jake's going through an emergency. Fuck him. We're recording anyway. I know. I was like on day two of my move, and my washer was like down. Did I? Did I go? Was it? Was it Bill Riley? We're going live. I know. Did I go? Did I go there? Uh, I don't, you weren't really mean or loud about it. You were just like, so "I'm sorry, man. <laughs> we're gonna go on without you." That was the time you made me ask. Uh, Dan and Jay, if it was okay, if I could even still be part of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. God. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, we've come a long way since those days. And you know who was the biggest jerk about whether or not I could come back to the podcast? <laughs> who? Fucking Dan. <laughs> who hasn't been here <laughs> forever. <laughs> he was easily like, oh, man, I could probably find those messages in my phone still because we didn't message all that much. Yeah, yeah. But he was like, I don't know, man. It was pretty big missing our first episode. Oh, jeez. And, and you and Jay were both pretty, like, by the end of it, by the next day, you were like, yeah, man, no problem. Yeah, no. yeah. I'm sure Fucking, I felt, like, really bad for you not being a part of it, so. Dan was just like, I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. really? And then what, 15 episodes later, he's fucking gone. He's gone. Yeah. Did he make it that many? I don't even know. I don't know. I, I That's think a he, PCL historian question. Yeah, we'll have uh, Brooke answer that one. But he, he dropped off somewhere, I think, in the 20s, I believe. The 20s, I mean, wow. Yeah, he took, a, he took a break, and then he came back, and we were all like, yeah, reunited. And then he was gone, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I remember the reunited being played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's four years, man. Four years today or tomorrow, however you want to look at it. But yeah, 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 big big milestone, huh? Yeah, it is a big milestone. I'm just trying to think of more more memories in the last four years of doing all this crazy shit. Uh, yeah, is that, that, that's not. We're not going to play harp music and go back in time, are we? No, we're not going to do the like the Wayne's World is what I think of. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, not not doing it. Uh, let's see here. You know what? Uh, what's been a constant on this show is over the past four years, we've gotten something called iTunes reviews. So that's what we're going to jump into next. All right. It's one star five. We don't give a fuck because we really love it. 
iTunes reviews this week. Got a bunch of them to catch up on. It's a mixed bag, Jake. Mixed bag. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, it's a mixed bag. There's, uh, it's all over the place. You know, did I know we at least got one one star? Uh, and, uh, saving that one for last. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a mixed bag. I mean, a lot of them, I, I'd say at least <clears throat> one third of these, um, they call, they call me out, Jake. I'm, I'm getting called out. Called out on the iTunes reviews. Getting called out on the iTunes reviews. It's kind of like the, you know, they, they, they say their piece and then they cower behind their iTunes name. So. How many yeah. iTunes reviews do we have now? Do we have a thousand yet? We are at no, not even close. <laughs> We're at uh, three hundred and thirty-eight. Yeah, what's wrong with our listeners? I know. Come on. All right, the first one. It's a five star. It comes from Elite Fat Ninja, and it's titled "Still the Best Thing in the World." Uh, all caught. <laughs> <laughs> all caught up now. Still love each episode. Can't wait for the new episodes of Brian Yells. Keep up the amazing content that keeps the coffee enema coming. Wow, that's a deep cut. Wow, Brian yells. Where's that from? The podcast. Yeah, did, did was that was that something that we mentioned on an episode? Uh, Brian I don't yells. Think so. He puts it in quotes, so I'm guessing that it was. I mean, it very well could be. We have long episodes. So yeah. I can't be accountable for everything. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, we do have a few like ongoing jokes on the podcast, but most of them are just like one episode and done, right? Yeah, Brian yells is something I missed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he, somebody's going back into the archives and either picked that up. But they definitely picked up Coffee Enema. That's like from one of our first episodes, man. Yeah, that's back there. I was talking about that show where uh, – what was that show? Not Intervention. It's kind of like that show. But it's like it's My Strange Addiction and somebody – some chick was addicted <laughs> to Coffee Enemas. That's yeah. gross. Yeah. Uh, next one comes from LV Gary. It's a five star. It's titled Great Podcast. He only puts two exclamation points, Jake. I'm curious why he didn't get the third. <laughs> I think two is good. <laughs> two. I'm fine with one. I'm not yeah. greedy with exclamation points. I don't know. I, I feel like three is a nice number. I feel like two is just kind of like, you know, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're Brian Yells. Of course you want more exclamation <laughs> points. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. It's that it definitely goes along with uh, my character attributes. So yeah, um, I would want that. Not surprised uh, by this. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, it's uh, it goes on to say, I love this podcast. He only puts one exclamation point there. That really burns me up. Um, I'm fine with it. They have they have very in depth looks on all current pop culture. Uh, Apparently the stuff, uh, you know, like 80s and uh, 90s shit, we just, we just kind of brush that off. We, we're, we're, we're very, <laughs> we have very juvenile looks. They're not sophisticated. Yeah. Very we're surface like level. Farts. <laughs> uh, they take the time content deserves and are hilarious doing so. So thank you, LV Gary. What's the LV stand for? Oh, LV, put me on the spot. I'm gonna say, know. I'm gonna say loves vaginas. I was going laser vase, vases. Why not laser vision? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That worked too. Once again, little Frank whispering on my shoulder telling me loves vaginas. Loves uh, vaginas. Oh, speaking of Frank, the next iTunes review is titled, Leave Frank Alone. Oh man, this still happens? This still happens, Jake. Can we – come on. Let's pull back the curtain a little bit here. Like on the very first episode that I had Frank on, I told him, I said, you know what? 
you say anything silly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you out on it. And Frank said, you know what? Don't put, don't use kid gloves on me. You know, and that's been like the theme. That's been like the whole thing this past like three and a half years that we've had Frank on. People still feel like they need to uh, defend Frank like he is a defenseless creature, like he is a little bunny out in the woods all alone, <laughs> and uh, they need to jump in and they need to they need to save Frank. I don't get That's it. Right. You, you know that first episode Frank was on, also an episode I missed. <laughs> <laughs> we we plan these things ahead, Jake. <laughs> I was in jail that one. I, I didn't make that happen. <laughs> You better not tell me that was you. Tell you what, you know, that's the fucked up thing. It takes you to go to jail for us to get Frank on the show. <laughs> I finally caved. I was like, all right, Frank, we'll give you a shot. J- Jake's in, Jake's Jake's in, in jail. jail. What are we gonna do? <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, let's see here. It's from uh, Brooklyn Bum, and it's a four-star. And, yeah, Brooklyn Bum goes on to say, I hate the way they bully Frank. The host is the stereotypical alpha male and constantly riddles Frank with insults. The thing is, and he puts this in all caps, and he uses four exclamation points, so I'm kind of fucking torn about it. (laughs) (laughs) He says, uh, the thing is, Frank is the best part of the show by far. Uh, Why did I go all Jerry Seinfeld crack in my voice there? What's this this guy's name again? Uh, Brooklyn Bum. See, what Brooklyn Bum doesn't understand is the whole formula is the reason Frank is the best part of the show is because of how much shit we give him. Ah, ah. If that didn't happen, then the Frank you hear on this podcast would have never happened, and then Frank wouldn't be your favorite part. Wow, wow, the oracle of wisdom, Jake. (laughs) No, you are, right now you're the sage of the ages, and you're dropping some very important uh, uh, knowledge here. Um, I think you're right, Jake. I mean, it's a big... If you go back back in time, and then we just never pick on Frank, the butterfly effect is then, it's not the same thing. It's not. It's not. I mean, that's a big part of the show. And you never know what kind of, like, gold you're going to get when you pick on Frank, you know? So exactly, exactly. Jeez, jeez. And the four star thing. So it's just it's otherwise if we didn't pick on Frank, it would be five stars. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Let me get to it. I'm not done yet. He says uh, he is the everyman and the voice of the listeners. (laughs) Um, I will only change my rating to five stars if everyone apologizes to Frank and he gets the respect he so rightfully deserves as the anchor of the show. Oh, man. I love Frank, but hearing that makes me want to say, fuck Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Just like this show. That guy has to be trolling us, right? I'm. Yeah, tr- I don't know. No, I believe it, man. I really believe it, man. And just like this show, it's never going to turn five. So it's going to stay four. <laughs> that's a that's a threat, listeners. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I'm fine with the fours. You can bring it down to one if you want. I don't. I'm fine yeah, with that. yeah. G- give it a fucking one, Brooklyn bomb. We don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Next one comes from. Uh, uh, I have, I have, I've got a feeling like you got more to say on this, Jake. About the Frank thing? Yeah. Nothing? Uh, no. You good? Uh, not really. All right, not cool. Not really. I don't, I don't know what else there is to say. Yeah. I mean, 
It's whatever. I don't know, man. Sometimes people just get too into this, man. They get too into it, you know? Yeah, that, that's why I don't even believe it. That's why I'm like, oh, jeez, yeah. this guy's putting on a show. Yeah, he took the time to put it in here. Do you think, what, what do you, what do you think? What do you think? What do you, what do you think the chances are this is Frank? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy. Wouldn't that would it? be crazy. Wouldn't it? Yeah, man. We've known ah. people that have done crazy kind of stuff like that. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, yes. Um, let's see here. Next one uh, comes from Ricky Mokel, and it's titled A, and it reads plus. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. Yeah, thank you, Ricky. <laughs> I love the creativity there. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Good stuff. Uh, next one comes from Pop Culture Crazed Fan, and uh, it's a five-star. It's titled Spectacular Podcast. Five stars. Uses five exclamation points. My new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that joke just doesn't get old. Um, it, it does. Is funny. <laughs> it, is, it is funny how it's more and more exclamation points as we go on. It is. Discovering it is. that joke. Man, if we can surpass five, I will be in heaven. Um it goes on to say, Pop Culture Leftovers is the most spectacular podcast out there. The host is loud. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, here, here we go. The host is loud and obnoxious from time to time. But that's because his passion for all things pop culture is certain. Is that why it is, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you were loud and obnoxious. I don't know what this guy's Oh, man. You know, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I try to spice it up a little bit. Yeah, of course, I get a little passionate. I, I've, I, you know, I've toned it down a little bit since we're not recording at Jay's house anymore. Because at Jay's house, you know, everything, you know, I mean, uh, all bets are off because it's just Jay that lives there. You know, so at Frank, oh, that's a good point. I yeah. never even thought about that. Yeah, Frank's got a kid upstairs. I don't, you know, and uh, I don't want to be yelling and screaming like a jackass. But, you can uh, freak out on this podcast, but I really can't. I've got yeah. roommates and stuff. Yeah, I've got yeah, I've got my my dog and my cats here, and my dog would <laughs> my dog would flip out. Um, <laughs> you get really mad about some <laughs> fucking Iron Man argument, and yeah, dogs are barking everywhere. Oh yeah, that would happen. Benny would be like concerned for me, like what's wrong with my master? Um, <laughs> But anyway, um, I've been uh, I've been listening since the tenth episode and have not missed a single one since. Frank takes a lot of crap from Brian. Jeez, <laughs> oh, two in a row. But he handles it with the grace of a duck in a pond. <laughs> Pop a duck in a pond? Yeah. yeah. Is that a thing? Is that a saying? I don't know. Graceful. I don't know. I mean, are, are ducks graceful in a pond? I mean, they're not clumsy as fuck. I don't see, like, ducks drowning and shit, but, you know. Yeah. yeah I don't see that analogy. Yeah. He handles it with grace like a duck in a pond. Maybe a swan. Maybe he should have went swan. I guess Frank must come across better on audio. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you, you guys haven't spent time with him. So. Uh, graceful and Frank just don't go hand in hand. I know. I was like, what? Especially when you're talking about the San Diego Comic-Con episode. So. This guy's trolling us too. Yeah. Was that his, was that his whole review? No, he goes, pop culture leftovers some, is sometimes long, but never boring. I enjoy every minute of it and highly recommend it. Keep up the good work, guys. That's a five star too? Yeah. Yeah. Five star. That's okay, I guess. Yeah. Uh, next one comes from Teleria39. Has, Tal I feel like Teleria has given us a review in the past. Maybe, yeah. yeah. 
we made fun of of the name, right? Because it sounded it like, like malaria a malaria. It sounded like malaria. Kind of like sounded like an STD. Yes, I yeah. remember making these jokes before. Yeah, let's not go there. Um, Talaria thirty nine. Uh, is this like the thirty ninth strand of the disease? It's evolved. <laughs> it's, a really, it's a really potent one. It's the really potent one. Uh, if you don't click with this podcast, oh yeah, it's titled "Still Killing It." If you don't click with this podcast, then you are probably a boring, useless individual with zero sense of humor. I don't always agree with their ratings, but that doesn't take me out of it. Keep it up. That comes from Jamie Wright. Nice. If Jamie is wrong, I don't want to be right. Yeah, he's really hard. He's really hardcore about that review. He makes us sound like we're militant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can, no. See, the thing is, like, uh, I, I agree. I agree with the fact that there are people that listen that don't like this show. I agree with that. But on the flip side, I am gonna agree with Jamie that they're probably boring, useless individuals with zero sense of humor. Oh, you agree with that part? Uh, the boring, useless individual part, more so. I'm sure that they have a sense of humor, but you know what I mean. Not on like. Not not in a sense of humor that I would connect to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not everyone has the time to listen to, to all podcasts or podcasts at all. I'm sure there's some interesting people out there that just don't have time to listen to Pop Culture Leftovers. Well, I mean, well Jake, we've got plenty of one stars that did have time to listen to it. That's my point. You see what I <laughs> oh, mean? Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's I, true. I know the podcast runs long sometimes, but like you can walk away from it. It's not like it. It's not like Jigsaw's got you in some fucking like uh, saw, you know, device <laughs> where you're like Clockwork Orange to make it, you know, made to listen to this shit. You can you can walk away. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. It's true. Walk away. Come back to it if you want, or don't. I mean, it's your choice. Um, <laughs> next one comes from M H Cannon. It's uh, titled "Lovable Asshats." And uh, it goes on to say, "You, it's a long one. Uh, you know those friends you have that, uh, you know those friends that you have that real assholes that are real assholes, but you wouldn't have them any other way. Yeah, well, that's the crew of this podcast. Brian and Jake bounce off each other well, and the rotating cast of left outs are also fun. Uh, just don't sweat the advertised content; they'll get to it." Beyond the pop news and reviews, you'll be treated to a fun discussion such as which celebrity would be a sexy corpse or which John Connor you'd send back in time to pleasure your mother. The, the real mark of a great podcast is the community it builds, and it would be hard to find a more passionate and devoted community than the Leftover Army. They support the cast as well as each other. It's remarkable that a couple jackholes getting together once a week to go over the likes and dislikes in pop news can inspire such a strong community. I'm mostly a lurker that doesn't get too involved beyond the occasional drawing of some nonsensical crap inspired by the show. I've been listening for over two years. I started with the Dwayne Johnson Hercules episode and have listened ever since. Uh, do yourself a favor. Listen to this show. It'll be like hanging out with your friends, unless, of course, cursing bothers you. Then, yeah, this might not be for you. And that's from M.H. Uh, Cannon. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that's uh, it's actually – I believe this is Michael Cannon. And uh, Michael Cannon has sent, uh, sent us art, and he actually did the uh, logo for uh, Sweetwater Saloon. Uh, he's an artist out of Hawaii, so uh, thank you, Michael, so much for the review and all of your support. And stop lurking. Be a little bit more – you know, it's a little creepy hanging out there, you know, a little creepy. 
I love that we had an episode that's known as the Dwayne Johnson Hercules episode. And that, was, that was the main topic. That was uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a bad week. <laughs> it, it was hot, man. You know, Dwayne Johnson's hot, man. You know, he's he's popular right now. I still haven't seen that. I did. You know, I enjoyed it. I think I gave it a taste it, man, or a high taste it. I enjoyed that movie because it, it took me back. Like, hold on. It totally – it hit my nostalgia button. It hit my nostalgia button because I love those old, like, uh, Conan movies with, uh, you know, Schwarzenegger. And uh, part of the fun of that are the people that hang out with Conan. Like, each person, like, has their own different ability and they're all – you know, this misfit, this band of people that would never come together. But here they are and they're going to save the day. And that's what this movie felt like. It was a lot of fun. And you can disagree with me, but it was – It's I got the rock it. in it, man. I haven't seen it. I'm sure it's at least charming to some level. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's crazy that that's the episode that brought him in on. You can, I know. Jake, I love that. You can make fun of it all you want to, but it brought Michael Cannon to our podcast. You know the the Hercules episode, also an episode I wasn't a part of. <laughs> no, that's yeah, a, no, I'm just I'm just making that up. That's a lie. Um, <laughs> uh, this next one comes from Brian's ego. <laughs> it's uh it's titled yeah. nice to see to meet you and uh this is i believe i'm guessing um when i went to c2e2 this past week uh um austin uh dan hunter's buddy came along and i think austin has been dan hunter has forced austin to listen to maybe a couple episodes and uh this is what Austin says. Uh, Brian gave me a taste of daddy. This is an inside joke. Nobody's going to get this. Brian gave me a taste of daddy in Chicago with a side of sweet potato shame. And now, and now my spleen is rupturing. Uh, the amount of money I'm spending on therapy is ruining my art. For now, my concerns are purely economical. Goodbye, Frank. Hello, sensory deprivation tank. So that comes from Brian's ego. Thank you. It was nice to meet you. I think this is Austin. If it was Austin, it was nice to meet you at C2E2. That's one of our more interesting iTunes reviews. Mm-hmm. This next one comes from uh, Super Cindy. She's also someone that was not listening to the show that we met at C2E2. This is uh, Brooke uh, Doherty's friend. And, uh, Sla- a, slash roommate, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a slash roommate. Um, that's, uh, five star. And, uh, goes on to say, and, and the, the title is, uh, three thumbs up. So she, at least she gave it three. I'd be pissed off if it was two. <laughs> it should be followed by three exclamation points. How many points. exclamation points, though? That was my next question. Yeah, there are zero exclamation points in this yeah. review. Uh, I was fortunate enough. Yeah, we're going to get to the content, people. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> God, yeah, they're still on iTunes reviews. Yeah, yeah, we are. Get over it. Um, I'm going to fucking review Hercules again if you people don't fucking <laughs> just deal with it. <laughs> what about the TV show? Were you a fan of the uh, the Kevin Sorbo stuff? I love it, man. I love it, dude. I love Xena, too. Give yeah, me, I like it a lot, too. Give me that warrior princess. I like it a lot, too. I loved it when Bruce, Bruce Campbell would show up, man. Those were my oh, favorite yeah, episodes. Yeah. I like Ted, Ted Ramey on there. Yes. Oh, I love Ted Ramey. What was he, Jockster? Was that his name? That sounds right. It's been a long time since I've seen those. I'm sure they're streaming somewhere. Uh, What was Xena's sidekick's name? I can't even remember that. I can't either. Gabrielle? Eh, Speaking of Gabin, we need to get on with these iTunes reviews, huh? Uh, Huh? Yeah. Huh? We're talking about more Hercules stuff. We can talk about more Hercules. Um, (laughs) I was (laughs) Kevin Sorbo. (laughs) 
Kevin Sorbo. I was fortunate enough to uh, get to hang out with a bunch of these losers at C2E2 2017. Uh, they're as hilarious and raunchy in real life as they are in your imagination, if you like that kind of thing. I guess they're okay. One star needs more dogs. She loves animals. She loves dogs, puppies. And she even left, she even left the puppy emoji. So she only gave us one star? No, she gave us five stars. She put one star. <laughs> so so do, do we need like barking dog noises? Barking dog noises? Yeah, is that what she was asking for? Uh, needs more dogs. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got a dog here while I'm recording right now. Yeah, maybe you should get into a big fight with me and get the dogs all barking. Yeah. And Cindy will be real happy. Oh, yeah, I'm sure she wants to hear upset dogs. <laughs> Why don't I just play that Sarah McLaughlin commercial while we're at it, Jake? <laughs> oh fuck that broke me for a second i'm sorry it's all right uh let's see here next one comes from queen aaron of elmwood this is aaron e-r-i-n so it's not a-a-r-o-n why does aaron have that extra a in it the the male version Oh, that's always freaked me out too. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Aaron. Why does the E version have two E's? Yeah. Aaron and Aaron. Um <laughs> Aaron. Yeah. Aaron, we're already we're already off to a problem here. The title only it's such a delight with one exclamation point. Get, get, <laughs> you know, you can get back in there and change it. Next week, if I don't see three, we're gonna have a problem, Aaron. Uh yeah, we need we need all the reviews updated. All of them. All of them. Um <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, the fantastic chemistry of all the members of this podcast is what sells it. After a few podcast, after a few episodes, the guys will seem like old friends you've had for years. Brian, especially, has such a wonderfully hilarious charm about him. Jake, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, oh man, this is. I don't know. I don't know what to say here, man. I don't know. It's. It's true, you know it. <laughs> no, it's it, I. I don't hear it that often. I, I, I'm used to the uh, like I, I've become like the old and the, the loud and obnoxious has just become old hat. I've, I've kind of like embraced it to a certain point. Like I don't know what to do when somebody actually says something nice. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's weird. I don't know how to take it. Like I reject it a little bit. You know? Yeah, especially after all the kind of shady comments in a bunch of those other reviews yeah it's like even reading that i almost had like a gag reflex like you know i didn't know if i could even get it out um overall the content they produce is unique interesting and certainly worth a listen that comes from uh, queen aaron of elmwood so thank you queen aaron yeah that's a great review uh last has, jake tell me this name sounds familiar it's a one star i'll tell you that much uh this this name sounds familiar. Like we've read this before. Like not this review, but this guy's left left us a review before from Jask. Ooh, that does sound familiar, dude. Why is he? It does sound familiar. Like why are you still fucking listening? Or why are you updating your iTunes review? We got you the first time. You didn't like it, you son of a bitch. I don't understand. Like why you're coming back and updating the review? Like you gave it another shot, and you're just like, oh, I still don't like it. I'm gonna leave. I mean, let me update this a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder what his complaint was last time. I don't know. Uh, far too long. They take uh, forever to actually start talking about the material. And one guy laughs at everything. Word, the host says. Not everything he says is funny. One exclamation point. You hear that, Jake? <laughs> you know, Jake, you need to be, you be, you need to be a little pickier. You need to choose your laughs a little bit. Like, honestly, Jake, like, if I, like, if I, if I, if I don't land a joke, 
I want dead silence. All right, from here on I'm out. Not, I don't. I don't know if I'm the guy that that's always laughing at you. Who 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 is it then? Was it Jay? I don't, I don't know. Jay just had it like Jay just was always giggling, man. Jay was just always in good spirits. Yeah. Unless, I mean, uh, unless, I mean, if he does mean me, then I I find that to be a weird criticism because yeah. I don't feel like that. Yeah. That's ever the case. Yeah. Jay would maybe Jay. Jay was always in like really good spirits, unless you know. Unless he's asking to eat something out of his ass, you know, eat the shit out of my ass. So yeah, I do my best to try not to break, and then yeah. when I do, it's like fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was our one star from Jask. I'm sure we'll get. I'm sure he'll update that again in the future when he gets bored. Yeah, he'll, he'll be oh, back. He's got an alarm set. Yeah, yeah. Re- I don't know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, four happy four years, assholes. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. You. We'll see you in. A, we'll see you at five. <laughs> Up <laughs> oh, time to update the old review. Yeah, time to update the old review. Anyway, all right. Yeah, so uh, Jake, uh, real quick, uh, I uh, wanted to let everybody know. Had a great time at C two E two meeting everybody. It was a lot of fun. Uh, got to meet uh, a lot of listeners. It was kind of funny at first. Uh, you know, I, uh, I I I bumped into a big, large group at the Leftover Army, Jake, and. Uh, it's kind of weird. They were just kind of like uh, they were all talking with each other. And they knew I was there, and uh, kind of like some of them kind of like looked at me a little bit like deer in headlights for just a second. Like they, I don't know if like it felt like like you know like a junior high dance where like you didn't know if they wanted to talk to you or you knew or they were trying to avoid you. You didn't know. You know what I mean? They were intimidated by your presence. I'm I'm assuming. I don't know if that's it, man. It was like you know I'm looking over. There's Harmon, Jacob Harmon. There's Dan Hunter. I mean, you know, there's... Uh, I'm, su- I'm super jealous, I just got to say, out the gate. Yeah, I mean, uh, everybody wishes you were there, and I missed you, man, and... uh oh, and, Yeah. I'm super jealous. I hope it's the same kind of get-together next year as it was this year. I'm, I'm I didn't th- miss my one chance to meet everybody. I'm honestly thinking it's going to be even bigger next year. I, I'm hearing more people want to even come this year, and uh, I'm hoping, uh, you know... I think, like, out of the gate, like, Shooty, I saw Shooty. Shooty came over, old man Shooty came over and started talking to me. But like everybody else, man, it felt like it felt like it was a fucking junior high dance. Like they, I don't know if they wanted to talk to me or they, like you said, like they were intimidated. Probably the latter, or <laughs> or they're just like uh, leave Frank alone. You know, one of those things. Oh, I don't yeah, know. I don't want. I don't want to talk to Brian. <laughs> He's so mean to Frank. <laughs> but it was nice. Got to meet. Uh, you know, everybody was there. You know, nerd porn was there. Um, you know, uh, John from Friday Night Fandom got to meet him and he, oh my God, he cracked my shit up. Keith, Keith Keller fucking cracked my shit up. You know, Ryan and the Slobs were there and, mm-hmm. um, I mean, uh, Dan Hunter, Posers 101, uh, John Hawksby, the Sparenbergs, fucking, uh, the, uh, Rebecca Dowling, Shooty and his wife and, uh, man, they were fantastic and, uh. Yeah, that's incredible. Harmon yeah. was there. Right? Harmon was there. It was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, and uh, you can hear more about the shenanigans and all the fun that we had. Uh, Joe Schmo Comic Show, Jared Gafford's podcast posted C2 Meet You. It's a special bonus episode on his feed. So check out the Joe Schmo Comic Show. Give that a listen. Also check out Nerd Porn. They go over all their C2E2 fun as well as the comic slobs. They go over it as well. So check all those out. Lots of podcasting. I got about. 12 minutes into that uh, C2 Meet You. Yeah. Because it was just posted right before we started recording. And right. it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, good stuff, man. I wanted to, I knew Scott Shooty had a rant in him, so I wanted to pull that out of him. It wasn't too hard. He really got into it, so. 
Yeah, you did, did not take much like bullying. <laughs> no, it did not at all. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, everybody's got a little bit of Darth Brian in them, don't they? Oh, yeah, sorry. I was inhaling on my cigarette there. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, go ahead. So, did you got good time with all the leftover army? You got to chat it up eventually? I mean, you said they, that you felt like they were some people were standoffish at first, but eventually? No, I was pretty much excommunicated. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem that way. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what went down. No, uh, we, we went out and had a good time. We went to this, uh, one of this barbecue place on Saturday night called, uh, Smoke Daddy's. And they're, uh, all the sexual innuendos in this menu. They had something called Taste of Daddy. Um, they had, uh, <laughs> uh yeah. Um, they had all, I mean, I, you, Dan Hunter, it was amazing. Like, this kid, like, could zero in on every sexual innuendo in the menu. Like, it was insane. That's funny. There was that many, huh? That, there, I, at least four to five. But the, the big oh. one that stuck out was uh, Taste of Daddy. Wow. Yeah. 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 Good food? Yeah, very good food. I had uh, the, uh, what was it, uh, the, uh, what do they call them? Ah, the burnt, the burnt pieces or whatever, just the, I want to say, I want to say just the tips, but that's not it. It's basically a burnt ends from the brisket. Oh, okay. And then they smothered it in their house barbecue sauce, and they had like these amazing uh, sweet potato fries. And I told the girl, I said, uh, I was like, uh, I was like, tell me, I was like, you know, I know you work here, but just be honest with me. Let's just talk like two people. Tell me, are are the sweet potato fries really good? You know, cause I, like, I had my choice of a side and I didn't want to pick the wrong side, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And I said, I said, that's not cheap. Exactly. And I said, like, no, shoot, he paid for it, which was awesome. So thank you, Scott. Yeah. Um, but like, um, I, 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 I want to be able to get the best side. And so I said, listen, I said, you know, my Yelp review will reflect these sweet potato fries and your recommendation of said fries. So, yeah, they were great fries, really good fries. Had like a hint of cinnamon on them, so really sweet flavor. Really good oh, shit. Nice move dropping that Yelp comment. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, no, I just want to, you know what I mean? I hate it when you go, every time you go to a fucking restaurant, Jake, you ask them, you go, so, uh, yeah, what's, what, you know, what's a special of the day? Oh, how is it? Oh, it's great. And then you get it, and it's not that, you know what I mean? Just, yeah, just be yeah. honest with me. Just be like, you know what? You know, at the sweet potato fries, yeah, they're all right. But you, this is like when you come here, you gotta try this. Fuck the fries, yeah. try this. This is like this is our specialty. You know, tell me your favorite thing, not the thing you're supposed to be trying to sell today. Exactly, exactly. Not all taste buds are created equal, but just tell me what you fucking like off the menu because I want the real experience when I go to Smoke Daddy's, even if it is getting that taste, <laughs> even if it is getting that taste of Daddy. You know? I knew where you were going there. <laughs> they knew, Jake, you're just laughing at everything I'm throwing out there. Not everything I say is funny, you son of a bitch. I know, I know. You're just so charming. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see here. Jake, you ready to jump into some good pop, bad pop? Yeah, why, why the fuck not? Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. <laughs> 36 minutes in and they hadn't even gotten to the content. What is the content? One star. I don't know. We got like a bunch of news and shit. I don't know. I'll, this know is what? kind of a Hercules episode. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Michael Cannon, tell your friends. This is the one to listen to, man. Um, start here. 
Hey, uh, I wanted to, I, I wanted to talk about something real quick. It's kind, it came back, it came back to FX, uh, season three of Fargo. Um, uh, and, uh, man, wow, uh, Ewan McGregor, um, man, I can't even name the rest of the cast. I, I, w- I don't even have it pulled up on my screen, but man, Ewan McGregor. Uh, Carrie Coon's in there, right? Yes, yes, she is. Yes, uh, from The Leftovers, man, and she is, she's fantastic. She's so good. Uh, but she's not, she's not my favorite part of the show. Let me, let me pull this up here real quick. All right. Go for it. Fargo, Fargo cast. I know you and McGregor and Carrie Coon, but I didn't know anyone else that was in it. Yeah, there's, uh, I, I'm trying to remember where I've seen, uh, I've seen this girl from. If I've seen her in something, and she is just, she is just amazing. Oh shit. When I pull up the cast, it's just not gonna pull up, you know. This season three, it's going to pull up everybody from the previous seasons, and they use different people each season. So, uh, yeah, I, forgot, I forgot. Never mind. Yeah, I forgot Nick Offerman was on this. He's in that the new season? No, no, I don't think so. Maybe no, 2015. Yeah. Um, what's uh, you know what? Kate, Kate, is it Kate Walsh? No, that's not her. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, uh, um, she plays Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor plays a cop and, uh, she plays, uh, his girlfriend. She's a parolee. He's a cop and she's a parolee. It's like a forbidden relationship, which makes it hotter. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, she's, the, whoever the actress is, she's fantastic. She's so good. Like, I, Jake, I can't tell you, man. This season, it started out with, uh, um, uh, in Germany. Talking about it started off uh, talking about like Nazis and shit, and um, I think it was a scene from 1988, and so but this whole series is taking place in 2010. So I'm like, where's the connection? Where's the connection? Well, you know, uh, Carrie Coon's character she uh, pulls this uh, floorboard up and opens this uh, like metal box, and there's these books in there, and I'm like. I don't know yet, but I'm wondering if like they, those connect to like what happened in 1988. It's just a theory that I'm, I don't know how they connect, but man, this, Ewan McGregor's killing it. He's playing two parts, playing two brothers, and Noah Hawley has said that they're not twins, so they're just different ages, but, um, man, this is, I'm not gonna get into it too much because I want people to watch it. I know that you're gonna start Fargo eventually, and, yes. um, and I, I gotta give these first two episodes a Tupperware. Uh, my parents, I got them hooked on the show. Uh, my dad talked to him on the phone today. One of the first words out of his mouth was, uh, well, first sentences out of his mouth was, uh, Fargo season three, right? It's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So Fargo season three, guys, I, I cannot tell you, I cannot stress enough. Seasons one and season two are on Hulu. Just give it one episode, one episode. Billy Bob Thornton is going to blow you away in the first season. You get to the second season, you're going to get Patrick Wilson. Um, you're going to get Ted Danson. Uh, it is it is fantastic. Noah Hawley is crushing it with this series. It's a Tupperware all the way. Didn't go over the rating system. That's how rusty we are. Um, Rumus Lupin is in that too, right? The Harry Potter werewolf? Yes, teacher. yes, yes. He is. I love him. Oh, my yeah. God. And yeah, he, he's great. He's so fucking sinister in this show. Just like in a, uh, in a, uh, twisted, almost cocky comical way. It's, it's, uh, 
Oh man, he's so good in this. But yeah, uh, we have a rating system on our show. Let me <laughs> let me play this now, man. I'm I'm. It's been two weeks, and I'm fucking making rookie mistakes. I feel like doing this shit for four years, talking about our anniversary, and uh, I know you got all you got all fucked up. Yeah, man, get one taste of daddy, and you can't fucking remember shit. Um, <laughs> we need Dan Hill in here to set us straight. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see, rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. So I gave that a Tupperware Fargo Season 3. It's only two episodes in. Definitely get started on Fargo Season 1 and 2 on Hulu. By the time you get done with those, you should be caught up and be able to catch Season 3 because they are on FX now. So jump on it now. Um, next thing I want to talk about, and we can both talk about this, Jake, Leftovers. Uh, the Leftovers Season 3 started on HBO. Oh yeah, I was so pumped for this. Yeah, I want I want you to start off, man. What do you, what are you thinking about season three so far? Uh, it, so far I'm I'm really loving it. Um, it kind of started out pretty gangbusters for me. I thought the the pilot was pretty incredible. Um, it's one of those exciting things again where it's a, a Lindelof series that we know is the f- final eight episodes of. So it's you know will will this be good or will will this be something that makes everyone upset right right yeah <laughs> so so far like uh when i first uh started watching season three i was thinking i have an answer now and i know what i believe now and i believe it was intentional but when i first started watching the show i thought to myself did they do a time jump because they are now limited to a third season. I believe now that they did the time jump intentionally. But when I first started watching the episode, I, I did wonder, Jake. Yeah, I I don't think they did it because of restrictions. I really think they just did it because they had a this was based off of a book, you know. Right. But they only had the material for the first season. Yes. There, that's it. There's no other books after that. And Lindelof on record has kind of said that he wants every season of this to feel like its own book. Like if it was adapted from a book, there would be a start, a middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. And I, I think an easy way to do that and keep a lot of key characters yeah. is to have a time jump. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I, I, I love the second season with, uh, you know, with them uh, focusing on the, the town. Is it Mercy? Uh, I don't think it was called Mercy. I forget, I forget what it was called. Though. That's, uh, hold on. That's, that's what our listeners were saying after 35 minutes of iTunes reviews. Yeah. Miracle. Miracle. That's what it is. Um, but, uh, I love how this is going to be taking everything to Australia. I think that that's fantastic. I love seeing the evolution of certain characters. A little upset that we haven't seen much of the daughter, but I've probably got to blame that on the fact that she was in that, uh, James, uh, that Shane Black film, uh, with, uh, with, uh, Ryan Gosling and, uh, oh, the nice guys, the nice guys. You think that that was part of it? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I was wondering if that was her farewell scene. Like, you think? Do you think we'll even see her again? I don't in the know. Final six episodes. I don't know. It, I mean, maybe, uh, because last season we didn't get a lot of the son, you know, his, uh, stepson. 
Yeah, so, Tommy. It Tommy. seems like we're going to get a lot of Tommy this year. Yeah, so they might be doing like a flip-flop. But, uh, man, love the Perfect Strangers theme song. That caught me off guard. I, I, I have fallen in love with it, and I've had that song stuck in my head so much so that even before I knew – Jake, this is going to blow your dick off – before I knew that the Perfect Strangers theme song – was the Leftovers' new theme song for season three. When I was at C2E2, we were outside of a bar, and me and Brooke Doherty were singing the Perfect Strangers theme song together. That's, yes. that's hilarious. Yes, yes. I'm not convinced that that will happen every episode yet, but we will see. The the Perfect Strangers? Yes. I, I think it will. I think just like last season, you know? Yeah, just the only thing that threw me off is that the first episode had no opener and I was thinking maybe we were going to do specific openers for specific episodes. I thought that they saved it for the second episode. I thought that they used the time to get like the, uh, you know, that story about, uh, Oh yeah. It it made it more, it made it punch harder. Did you know that's historic? Did you know that's a story historically accurate? Those people that, in that. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It was for sure. What are they like the Miller's Town or something like the, that? I can't yeah, remember. That's exactly what it's called. Yeah, yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah, that, that actually happened, what they show at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Because um, they even show you the year and everything. Yeah. What's more interesting in the pilot than um, this show is so crazy if we're talking about it and you don't watch it. Yeah. But uh, what's more crazy than the fact that the show jumps three years ahead for the season is that at the end of that pilot, the show jumps way far ahead. Mm hmm. And we see, like, who knows what. Like, right. Nora has a new name. Yes. It looks like post-apocalyptic world. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who knows what's going on. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely Nora. So, like, we know that, like, there's an event that was supposed to happen in, like, seven. They're, they're, they're thinking that an event happens in seven days. Now, whether that event happens or not, we know that Nora's not a part of it. Yeah. Well, we know she, she survives it. She survives it. And, oh yeah, yeah. And then it, it was also crazy that one of the actors from Perfect Strangers showed up. That ties into the first season where they brought him up. Oh yeah. They've, they've brought Perfect Strangers up all three episodes or all three seasons. Yeah. Cause in the, in the first season, you find out that all the cast had vanished in the event. Right. In, in the second season, you find out that, that he Mark, hoaxed, it was a hoax. Mark hoaxed it. Yes. And then in the third season, you actually see him. Oh, and, that was. Know, that was so great to have him in the episode, and he was he was masterful in that scene. He was really good. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah, it's really cool. It's some of the callbacks to the first season are really fun. Yeah, like seeing the guy, the the bald guy that shoots the dogs again, and right. having that not kind of tied was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that that will? Uh, do you think that that's what they just did? That's what they did was just tie that knot just. To get it. it felt like it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I felt I mean, the same way. The too. only other explanation, if they didn't, if that's still an open thread, then that means like you have to take for serious what he was saying about there being uh, dog DNA and yeah. Congress and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Sandwich. Now, um, <laughs> yeah, if people aren't watching the show, you really lost. Um, but you know what, Jake? I, uh, okay. What I loved about, I got two things here, and they both deal with Kevin putting the bag over his head. Um, number one, I loved how they handled Nora in that situation that she was understanding because in the second season, wasn't it the first, was it the first or second season? In the first season, she's hiring people to shoot, shoot her. her yes. Her home. That's it. That's it. So I, I love that she was understanding with Kevin in that scene and it made oh, perfect yeah. sense to me. 
she gets it. They're, they're like the perfect couple. The other thing is, Jake, is he, was he, has he been going back to the hotel this whole time? Yeah, is that what he's trying to do? Go back to it? Is he achieving that or well, not? That's what I, that's what I want to know. That, that, that's what I'm, that's what I, that's basically what I'm asking is like, did he lie to her and say like, oh, I haven't done it, you know? Or has he really been dying and coming back and going to the hotel? Um, I think he's trying. But I don't know that he's succeeded yet in okay. ever getting back okay. since the time right. that he was there the last we saw him. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. What are you going to rate this season so far? Excuse me. I mean, I, I love it. It's a Tupperware for me. Yeah. There's just so much intrigue. Yeah. And I love these characters, and I'm so invested in these characters. And, oh, man. And I just can't wait to see what happens. Like, me either. It's that end of that pilot episode that really just has me, like, on edge. Are we going to – like, we have to – that has to have some kind of payoff, right? We're, we're going to have to see well how Nora gets to that. Right. We have to and, – and we already know that we're – like, you know, Lindelof has already said that we're never going to know what caused the event. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. Me too. Me too. It's just like, you know, just like with Kirkman and the zombies, we're never going to know – you know what started the zombie apocalypse? I, I'm fine. I like that story, but yeah, and even more so than the Kirkman thing. Like the right. whole like a lot of the basis of the show is like different fates and religions yes. and stuff. Yes, and the whole point is not ever knowing the right. actual answer. Yeah, that's something that people still struggle with. You know, in this day and age. Yeah, where Kirkman could actually throw you a bone if you wanted to, and just yeah. say eh, it's because of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> oh, yeah, this is great though like do you think so you think we'll get to see this i mean they have to wrap this up even yeah. though they're not going to tell us what happened in the event yeah. they have to tell us like what the fuck was going on at the end of that episode oh absolutely yeah we're gonna get there we gotta get there if we don't get there i'll be very upset so yeah, i'm gonna so. tupperware it until they botch the ending you know and i'm hoping they get it right you know yeah tupperware it till they botch the ending yeah absolutely so uh, at least, at least, unlike Lost, millions of other people. If it's bad, you, millions of other people won't give a fuck. That's true. Not many people are watching this anyway. It's it's critically acclaimed, but not a lot of people are watching. I'm just happy that HBO gave him a season three to begin with. So, yeah, and I'm excited to see what Lindelof does next. And it seems like he has good relations with HBO. So maybe I hope he stays there and does something new. Yeah, agreed. Uh, what do you have for good pop, bad pop, if anything? I mean, I, I if you don't, then that's fine too. Oh, I have something pretty interesting that I actually think you might be really interested in. Okay. Um, I found this audio book on Audible just because I was looking for something to spend credits on. Yeah. And it just came out this week, and it's actually an audio dramatization of the second Alien movie, Aliens. Oh, and really? It is, it is really neat, and I looked into it. And it's actually a sequel, and you can get the first one, too. And I downloaded it from Audible, and I've listened to about the first two hours of it. They're about five hours long each. How, and that one is... How, uh, when were these made? Uh, the one just came out Wednesday, and the uh, other one came out about a year ago. I love this kind of shit, because, like, um, there are alien comics that are actually canon that... That deal. Oh with. yeah, oh, yeah. I remember those old <clears throat> old alien novels and everything. Yeah, there's like there's certain ones where like Ripley, like they bring her out of like her you know cryostasis or whatever in that pod, and they take her on missions and then put her back in, and like that's why there were rumors of like Michael Bean's character of Hicks and Newt still being alive. Like they actually brought him out and switched, you know, and lied to 
lied to Ripley and stuff like that. And that's where the uh, – that director, what's his uh, – the one that did Chappie and Elysium and District uh, – Oh, uh, I, I never can remember his name because I don't really like him very yeah, much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they, they had the rumors that he was going to do those movies and they are going to bring back Hicks and Newt. And, uh, Blomkamp. Uh, Blom, Neil Blomkamp. Uh, but yeah, um, Neil Blomkamp, uh, he still wants to do it, and so does Sigourney Weaver. That's what that's what blows my mind here, Jake. Is uh, and I'm going to let you get back to these dramatizations here in a second. But is uh, that Sigourney Weaver so invested? She's invested, and then also you have Neil Blomkamp. So number one, Jake, you've got your director. Number two, you've got your big star. Um, what's the holdup here? Is it Ridley Scott putting the Knicks on this? I think it is Ridley Scott. Okay, I would agree. I think, at the end of the, I think at the end of the day, he's got the say, and he, he's making movies right now, so it's obvious why he would be like, uh, no. Yeah, but and it, it feels weird, like, you know, Neil Blomkamp wants to put his, uh, uh, you know, imprint on the Aliens franchise, and as soon as we start hearing that stuff, now we're hearing that really Scott not only has, like, um, um, you know, uh, this movie planned, but he, I think he's got, like, two more planned after this. Yeah, I've heard that too. I've yeah. heard that too. So it's and I don't almost, think he ever plans on doing a movie with Sigourney Weaver again. Right, right. And so that's the thing that makes me wonder, is he just worried about friendly competition? I, I, I don't yeah. – I, I just don't understand why he can't – I want to hear a statement from him saying, oh, I would love to see Neil's vision of my creation. And if you can't say something nice, don't say something at all. I mean yeah. maybe he feels that – that's that'll tarnish the franchise doing like because that's kind of the dumb sequel thing to okay. do is okay. like let let's bring back yeah. Sigourney Weaver and let's go back into that well yeah when most people think they already did that too many times to begin with yeah but I mean she goes out on uh, four which I didn't hate but it's not great yeah, you know I hear you and, and it, but on the flip side I can understand that maybe. If these movies came out at around the same time or within the same time frame uh, in between each other, it might confuse audiences. And yeah, what if it's – ba- I mean Star Wars is pulling it off. Yeah, yeah. But what if the movie's bad? <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? And then like – Exactly, then, exactly. And that's where I think yeah. Ridley Scott's coming from honestly. Right. Like right. he doesn't want to come out and say like, ah, you know, I don't yeah. want this guy to make some stinker with Sigourney Weaver in it. Right, right. But I know a lot of people – I was not excited about the director choice. I'm not a big Neil Blomkamp fan. I, I haven't liked one of his movies. And I know you like District 9. I I just didn't enjoy – I need to watch it again to be quite honest with you because I love uh, Charlton Copley. I think that he is brilliant. I think he's a fantastic actor. But yeah, I, he's great in that too. But, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where I wasn't – but a lot of people were excited about it because the concept art was revealed. Like Neil Blomkamp was like so excited to do this oh, I, movie. I remember. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Back to your dramatizations because I really <laughs> want to hear about this. Yeah, but it's called it's called Alien Out of the Shadows, and that's the first one. It's an Audible original, so it, the only way you can get this is through an Audible subscription. Hold on, hold on. As uh, are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are aware of this title? Yeah, they must be. It came, it came out last year. All right. So it came out before that movie, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. And like I said, it's basically – it's loosely based on the first movie and then the sequel is loosely based on the second movie. Mm-hmm. But it just goes into a lot more depth and it's all dramatized. It's not an audio book. It's actual actors playing all the characters and they do a really great job. Rudger Hauer is in it, believe oh, it or nice. not. Oh, nice. Nice. And uh, I forget the actress that plays Ripley because they don't uh, – 
they don't say who plays who. They just kind of list everyone's name on the thing. Yeah. But she's really good. I mean, you within two minutes, you you're not thinking, oh, this is just a bad Sigourney Weaver impersonation. Huh. So this is well worth checking out. I'm only like I said, I'm about halfway through, but it's definitely a high taste. It nice, very cool. I, I really like this old like radio drama type of stuff. And it's really hard to find material like that. I was actually kind of, um, once I found this, I was kind of scouring Amazon or Audible for more things like this. And wow. there's really not much out there. Huh. I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds that sounds awesome. I could totally get into it. How's the uh, production, like the music? Oh, it's, it's really good. There's music, there's sound effects, you know, the steam hissing. Yeah. It's, you know, really atmospheric. Nice. Like, I, I was watching it, like, laying down and not watching it, listening to it laying down in bed with the lights out and i mean it was uh, it was really creepy that's perfect man that's perfect i think a lot of our listeners are gonna are gonna check this out now to be quite honest with you that sounds really yeah. cool yeah alien out of the shadows it's easy name to remember with the ninja turtle thing going on right <laughs> and the uh the new one that just came out this week is uh alien river of pain river of pain oh shit i'll have to yeah, check that so- out you know, uh, let me ask you this question, and then uh, we'll wrap uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop here after I got, I got one more thing. Um, could they ever, or and would you ever want to see them recast Ripley? Uh, I'd be fine with it, yes. Let's do it. Huh. And, I, you know, like, is it one of those things where they just try to cast the 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 actor that looks like Sigourney Weaver, or do you think that they, do you think? I think you more James Bond it and just whoever's the actress that fits the bill. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that 100%. It doesn't matter. You're not looking for someone that looks like Sigourney Weaver. Cause I do kind of see Ripley as that kind of character, as a James Bond, as a Indiana Jones, right? you know, someone yeah. that, is you know a big pop culture character that's okay. hard to to leave alone. So are we going to James Bond the character and just have further adventures that are still canon within the original universe, or uh, do you reboot like everybody's doing? I think we see the new Ripley see the aliens for the first time. Okay, and get a you know strut her stuff as an actress in that regard. Right. I right. think you're cheating your new Ripley, not giving her that. Okay. All right, cool. Because I, I sure don't want to see – it would bother me more if they did it. Like in that way, I don't want it to be like James Bond. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want it to just be never-ending Ripley adventures against the aliens. The reason I ask this is because, uh, you know, we're seeing comments from Harrison Ford saying it's going to be weird to see somebody else play Han Solo. In our lifetime, are we ever going to see, like, uh, and I, I'll be honest with you, Ripley is just as iconic as Han Solo, in my opinion. In my opinion. Yeah. I, I just compared it to James Bond and Indiana Jones. Right. So, I mean, we're, I, it's Han Solo's in that same camp. Right. Now, are we ever going to get quotes from Sigourney Weaver talking about another actress she, like, is watching play her role? You know, I, I, it makes me wonder those things. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's less likely to. I don't think it's very likely to happen. But I don't. It's not so far fetched that it couldn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm saying like right now, Ridley Scott's doing his thing, and until like that burns out, you know, 
aliens yeah, aren't which, going away. Like H.R. Geiger's creations aren't going away. I think we're going to see these things long after, you know, Ridley Scott is, uh, you know, pushing daisies. So Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll happen. Ripley will get rebooted. Yeah. I, I'm not so sure Sigourney Weaver will see it. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to talk about real quick is uh, a movie that I watched on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. It stars one of my favorite comics, uh, comedians uh, from New Girl, Jake Johnson. It's called Win It All. Jake, I think you would actually enjoy this. It deals with gambling. And, oh, I heard about this. Yeah. And, like gambling addiction and yes. whatnot. Yes. It's uh, directed by uh, Joe Swanberg, written by Jake Johnson himself and Joe Swanberg. And uh, I, I, I'm going to give this a Tupperware. This movie, there, there are certain things like uh, when uh, – Characters are gambling and they're throwing away money that isn't theirs that belongs to somebody else who is maybe, you know, a gangster that uh, when they're losing all this money and their life is being threatened possibly that it makes me nervous for them. And um, that's what I loved about this movie is just the fact that like, oh, my God, why do you keep throwing your money away? And like when he would lose money, Jake, it, they, they would throw up like on the screen minus five thousand dollars and whatever cents. You know, it was just oh, nice. Yeah. What's his what's his uh, gamble of choice? Uh, he plays different games. I mean, uh, usually, you know, I mean, he'll play uh, he'll go to the casino and he'll play craps or he'll play whatever. But like, um, you know, most most of the time you're seeing him sit down at a table and play some poker. Um uh, or Texas Hold'em or whatever. So awesome! Yeah, I, mean, I, I definitely need to check this out. Yeah, it's. I think it's a quick watch. It's about an hour and a half, and um, I, I, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was. It's a Tupperware for me because I, I like this kind of story. You know, I, I love movies like Rounders, and this is like right up there. And Jake Johnson's one of my favorite uh, comedians out there right now. I just think that this guy is. Is so super talented. Uh, you know, a lot of people give the New Girl show a lot of shit because it's the Zoe Dashanel vehicle. She's not what makes the show. It's Jake Johnson, the guy that plays Schmidt and Winston. Those guys are what make the show for me. I think they're just fantastic. And Cece, I think she's hilarious. So, um, yeah, definitely give this a shot. It's called Win It All, and it's a Netflix original. New Girl's still going, huh? Is that like, what, six seasons in now? Six, seven seasons, man. And they had uh, Damon Wayans Jr. on there for a few episodes. Uh, he played coach. And it oh, was I remember that. Fantastic remember that. to see him come back because I was a big fan. Happy Endings had just ended. And what was so cool is Coach was on the first pilot episode. Well, he got signed on to do Happy Endings, so he left the show. That's when they brought in Winston. And after Happy Endings got canceled, New Girl wanted him to come back and they had Damon Wayans Jr. on the show for like two, three seasons and he was just, I mean, he brought it, man. He was so good. I don't know why he left. I haven't seen him in anything else. So, whatever. That's interesting. Yeah. All easy right. come, easy go. Easy come, easy go is what they say and we're going to go right now. Jake, you like that segue? We're going to take a break. Oh, yeah. Cool. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back.
All right. Hey, we are back, Jake. Yes, that was a long break. That was a very long break. Productive. Not really on my end, but <laughs> hopefully on yours. Yeah, I, I took my dog out potty. Mm. Yeah. I lost my lighter for 10 minutes. Uh, let's see here. All right, let's move on into the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. Before I do that, I'm gonna, you know, it's our four year anniversary. You know what I'm gonna do real quick? What, what you gonna do? I'm gonna, I'm gonna point out something I usually don't, uh, I mean, I've said it before, but I, I, I'm gonna say it in, uh, with all sincerity this time. Um, this past week, wow, I'm getting all choked up and I didn't mean to. Um, that's, that has nothing, that was not an emotional choke up. I literally choked up. Um, but this past week has just kind of like proven to me, we, Jake, I, I'll be honest with you. I think we have the best, uh, podcast listeners in, uh, in all the world. I really do. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. I don't doubt it anymore. I may have doubted it on previous podcasts, but yeah. I believe it at this point. After, you know, after reading that, uh, final one star review, it just kind of hit me, you know? I was just, oh yeah. Yeah. That was what did it for me too. That's what did it. For, no, I'll be, I'm just being 100% honest. Like, yeah, here we are four years later, Jake. You know, and, 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 uh, I, I think like, uh, you know, for as much as people do enjoy, you know, some people do enjoy the show, I think that, um, I think the listeners make it happen. I think they, they like, they're, a, they're as big a part of the show as we are. So, you know. Yeah, my, they're, they're so inspirational. Like, yeah. in such a cynical world, it's just so amazing that there's these people that we've never even met in real life, a lot of them. Yeah. That would give you, you know, their shirt off their back if yeah. you needed it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I so mean, it's, it's great. It's unbelievable. I've got like four or five packages from listeners that we've got to open, like when we're all in the same room, you know, from people just sending us stuff and things like that. So, and, uh, it's not even about just like sending us stuff. It's just about, you know, like, uh, all the nice things people say, you know, it's, uh, it's oh, re- yeah. It's really it, fucking it's, cool. It is great. It is great. There's always someone to talk to about anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Until <laughs> 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 next year's divorce. Oh, the man. fifth. The fifth. And the fifth. next year we actually have to pretend to celebrate, right? Yeah. Half a half a uh, half a decade. Half a decade. Of half PCL. a decade of PCL. Wow. Whew. It's awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's get things rolling in news. Indiana Jones 5 is going to get a uh, July 10th, 2020 release date. Spielberg's, Spielberg's going to direct. Yeah, get out of here with it. What, what, what's the MacGuffin? I don't even care. Indiana Jones and the I hope this movie doesn't really happen. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, let me ask you this. I mean, you know, it feels like, um, you know, Harrison Ford's going on the uh, farewell tour, doesn't it? You know, with Blade Runner coming out. Oh, you're asking me that is Indiana Jones going to die question? No, it feels like the farewell tour as far as acting. It feels like, you know, Sean Connery wrapped up his career a few years ago. It feels like that's what Harrison Ford's getting ready to do. You know, uh, wrap up his acting career and spend more time with his wife, Callista Flockhart. It just feels like he's uh, making, uh, he's doing the rounds, you know. He uh, killed off Han and... Now it's going to be Blade Runner 2049 with Ryan Gosling and then uh, Indiana Jones. So it just feels like he is wrapping things up, man. I, I think he's going to go out on one of these movies, man. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. 
Do you think they'll pass the torch on the old Indiana Jones? They, I mean, Spielberg has kind of said he doesn't want to see it happen. And if yeah. you ask, if you ask uh, Harrison Ford, I'm sure he'd tell you the same. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But in all honesty, it's Disney's property now, right? Yeah, I mean, and it's a huge one. There's no way they're going to leave it alone. What do you what do you uh, what do you want to see? What do you want to see first? Do you, what do you and I think I know the answer. Um Indiana Jones get recasted, Chris Pratt in the role or I'm just throwing that out there as uh, you know, that's my choice. But or would you rather see and I know there's other choices. You could go Chris Evans, you could go Bradley Cooper. I mean, there's some really good guys out there that could do it. Hell, fuck Tom Hardy could be a great Indiana Jones. Um but Oh, I forgot what I was going to fucking ask. Oh, what would you would, would you like to see that happen or Willow too? Oh man, I think I'd rather see Willow too. Me too, man. Let's get War and Warwick Davis coming back, right? Yeah, Warwick Davis would be great. He can still act fine. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, oh my gosh, Pinky just found a bag. I got a mover. Pinky in the bag. Yeah. 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 All right, sorry about that. That's <laughs> okay. My cats do it all the time. They love, <laughs> they love cats in plastic bags. I mean, that's what you get here in the Midwest. When you're out in New York, you get uh, what is it? Ice cream truck, ice cream trucks, and shotguns. <laughs> shotguns and ice cream trucks. Yeah, here you get fucking kitties in bags. Yeah, you get worried about her like burying her face in it and yeah. choking herself on it or something. Yeah. All right, Zachary Quinno was on the Today Show and he revealed some news about Star Trek Four. He said, "Quote: I know." Oh, hey, wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. I want to. I want to puke some more on Indiana Jones Five. Yeah. Oh, go for it. <laughs> you want more monkeys, right? Swinging through the trees with Shia LaBeouf. I just don't want to see it. I thought Indiana Jones Four proved that it's just like. He just can't do those kind of action sequences anymore. And you can't have Indiana Jones without spectacular action sequences, right? Right. Like, an Indiana Jones 5 is going to be even worse than Indiana Jones 4. Yeah, like, I, I know. I, well, Disney's got the property back, though, now, Jake. Uh, not back, but the Disney has the property, and it feels like they can do no wrongs. God, my cats are getting tangled up in the cords again. <laughs> Kate? Uh, Kate, come on. Come here, honey, come here. Come here. I know. I know. All right. There you go, sweetheart. Jeez. Yeah. It's like, it's like a spider web. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what I was saying you now. Were, you were talking about action scenes in Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. It's going to be even worse in five. Like, I, I know Harrison Ford was great in Star Wars and he was fine in that, but he was, you know. Stiff. He didn't have to hold any of the action sequences together in that movie. Yeah, it, well, I mean, uh, you know, way more physicality in the Indiana Jones movies, right? Yeah, definitely. And he's the main character for the whole two plus hours. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but we're also dealing with a character that was a professor and very cerebral, very cerebral and very smart. Uh, it just, but that's not what I, I want to see is just him, you know, figuring out puzzles and and how to get from point A to point B and unlock I don't really want to learn anything more about him either, though. I don't need to know anything more about his past yeah. or anything. Yeah. I mean, it won't be his past because he's going to be ancient Indiana Jones again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got to take place in uh, the 60s, right? At least. Yeah. I don't think I've brought myself to watch Crystal Skull since I saw it in the theater. Uh, I have seen it maybe two or three times total. And... Uh, there, there, there are things that I like about it. I mean, yeah. um, you know, I love the giant ants. And I loved Kate Blanchett. 
Um, I wasn't as appalled by the end as most people were. Like, I didn't really care. Well, like, that, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, well, you know, um, the, 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 the MacGuffin that they chose was kind of weird. But on the flip side, everything that they did bring into that movie, like uh, the crop circles and like those ancient uh, um, symbols that you see on the ground, like that's all real stuff. Like all the MacGuffins that they use in these movies are based on real things. Yeah. It's just it happened to be aliens and – um, yeah, I was really big into like alien, um, alien shit back then. I used to watch like all the UFO specials and stuff like that. So it didn't bother me as much, but yeah, I thought it was a cool reveal. Like yeah. it, it made sense. I was fine with it. Yeah. It's just one of the, it's one of those things where like, I do want to see it get back more into like, I know, and I know aliens are ancient lore too, as far as like, you know, even in the Bible, they talk about like things that they see in the sky and things like that. And yeah, even the first three though have, have yeah. ridiculous moments. Sure. That sure. really can't be explained right. by any kind of like modern history or science. Right. Yeah. I just hope so. that, that, that we have a really good MacGuffin in this one. And you're right. I mean, the action scenes, I, there, there's no way to defend that. I mean, he's, he's old. He's stiff. I, we're going to get those articles saying Harrison Ford hurt himself on the set of Indiana Jones 5. And I know. it's a waste of Steven Spielberg too, because he's by, by no means washed up no. and out of the games. No. No. So it's like, oh, we're going to waste Spielberg for six to eight months doing this nonsense. Right. Yeah. I, man, I don't know. Yeesh. Jeez. Out of all those Disney announcements this week of the release dates, that was the one that made me groan. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to wait for that first trailer. I, I'm interested to see how Disney is going to handle the property now. I'm really interested to see, but I, I, can't, I can't. I would rather they yeah. CG Harrison Ford, young Harrison Ford, than see current Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones again. Yeah, but like, man, um, the budget on that, I mean, if they're going to go Tarkin or they're going to go like young Robert Downey Jr. or Michael Douglas and Ant-Man, if they do that for the whole movie, the CG, the budget, man. I'm just just throwing it out there. I would prefer that. By the time that they complete like the uh, post-production special effects, he'll be dead. Yeah. (laughs) How old is Harrison Ford? 70-something. Wow. How old's yeah. Krista Flockhart? Maybe 50-something. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, she's going to be on the uh, season finale of Supergirl. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, good to see her coming back, man. Uh, Zachary Quinto uh, was on the Today Show, and he revealed uh, some news about Star Trek Four. Quote, I know that they are working on a script for another one, and we'll see how that all plays out. But the nice thing about that experience is that the time in between those big tentpole films allows us to go off and cultivate a lot of different creative experiences for ourselves. I'm hopeful that we'll do another one, but there's no guarantee. Jake, um, I think that a lot of this has to do with paramount itself i mean they recently got a new ceo paramount's not been doing too well mm-hmm. i think a lot of things are kind of in the up in the air over at paramount uh the only thing they really got going for them is uh transformers man yeah i agree i agree um a lot rides on a lot of their exclusive shows like this new uh streaming star trek show coming right eventually Right. Well, that's is is, is is so that's that's going to be on the CBS streaming app. 
Yeah, that's um, all paramount, though. Yeah, it's paramount. But see, do you do you think that that is going to affect a movie franchise? Well, even though the, I mean, word of mouth is word of mouth. Like yeah, if, if the show comes out and it's gangbusters, right? And people are talking about it, and it's nothing but good talk. Yeah, then that that only generates buzz for the Star Trek name. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, it's like I felt like the third movie was better than the second movie. Um, oh yeah, I, I agree with that. But uh, it wasn't great. It either. wasn't great either, and it made less money, I believe, than the second movie. Yeah, so that that's kind of the, yeah. the death knell. Yeah, yeah. Would you now? My question to you is: Do you want to see this cast come back? Uh, I think, sadly, I don't really care. You know? Yeah. I think I, I think I'm done. I think I'm done with it. If it came back, I would go see it. Mm-hmm. But if it never came back, I wouldn't long for it. I wouldn't say, man, what if they did that fourth movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking that made me crack myself up. <laughs> that was a good one, man. Uh, <laughs> a life a life full of regrets. <laughs> I know. If only they'd have made Star Trek four. Damn you, Paramount. Oh, you're killing me. The whole thing seemed like a shitstorm anyway. Wasn't uh, one of the guys that was like a writer gonna direct it? Uh or yeah, was it, it was wasn't like Kingsburg gonna direct it? No, it was Robert Orsi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeesh. That, yeah. that was probably not going to be great, Jake. I, I, I really, feel, I really hope you don't have to take this one to the grave and not be able to see Star Trek Four. Yeah, hopefully it happens. Do you think hopefully that uh, you think that they'll have Simon Pegg come back on and write for it again? Uh, I mean, if they reboot this stuff, I think he'll probably be involved. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah. Let's move on. Star Trek Four. Anyway. Hmm. Looks like regrets. we're uh, yeah regrets <laughs> no regrets. Um, <laughs> looks like we're gonna get a uh, live action uh, He Man movie in uh, December 2019 titled Masters of the Universe. Uh, Mick G was rumored to be directing this. He is not. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, he's, he's he's responsible for Supernatural and some other shit people love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, his name sounds like a fucking McDonald's sandwich. The McG. Yeah, he's he's like one of those MTV music video directors that went straight from that to like making the Charlie's Angels reboot. Oh man, Jeez. that's why he has that ridiculous name because it was like director McG of this like you know no doubt video or whatever. Right. Don't speak. You know. um and wasn't it weird we lived in a time where Drew Barrymore was dating Tom Green? Yeah, yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, it was a thing. That uh, was like referenced, I think, in the uh, Charlie's Angel reboot. Well, he starred in this first or second one. He was in it, cameo. Yeah, he, something. he was yeah. definitely in it as a cameo. Yeah. Uh, Sony is uh, rumored to be tapping David S. Goyer to write Masters of the Universe. Jake, what the fuck, man? man this news gets more and more ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, man. It's going to be the most somber, serious He-Man movie you've ever fucking witnessed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, we You're going to know yeah. what the power of Grayskull means. Oh, yeah. And you know what? We're getting, we're, we're getting no Orko, I can tell you that much. Oh, yeah. 
no fun. No fun. No. That's see. That's see. That's what. Uh, that's what I think. Like the Power Rangers movie did right. You know, they had that little Alpha Five in there, and he was a fun little character. You know, for what he did. Um, I don't want to get an R-rated Masters of the Universe, and I'm not saying that's what we're going to get with Goyer, but I also don't want to see a uh, a uh, a sad and gritty version of Masters of the Universe where. You know, we're, I don't get a silly Orko, or and I don't get Battle Cat as Cringer being all scared and shit. Like those are the things that <laughs> that we we remember as adults that we want to see. You know, and I want to see like, man, get me fucking Gary Oldman as Man at Arms. You know, will will Battle Cat talk? I, he should with Goyer with Goyer writing this bad boy. Absolutely not. They didn't really touch Battle Cat in the uh, old school one with Dolph, did they? No, I don't think they did. You know, and I mean, it's I, – I, I don't know if it was even possible back then. Oh, they worked around that just by having He-Man get warped to Earth anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, they would definitely do it now. You got to have Battle Cat now. I mean, hell, The Walking Dead had that fucking tiger. So, What's the name of the world that He-Man is in? Eternia. Um, Eternia. There yeah. you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, I right, man, this, this news is depressing. Yeah, I agree. I a He-Man movie could be cool, but mm-hmm. um, McG slash Goyer is pretty scary. Well, shit. McG is not. That's that they uh, they nix that. That's not true. That's bullshit news. Okay, so it's not McG. So Mc, the G stands for get the fuck out of here. Yeah, the G stands for Goyer, which is even scarier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd rather see a McG He-Man movie than. Uh, one Goyer road, to be honest with you. Because uh, McG, this, it would at least be flashy and fun. This news makes me Mick groan. Um, <laughs> so uh, we've had a uh, – moving on, we've had a resurgence of these old TV shows coming back. You know, we've seen Arrested Development come back to Netflix and recently Full House with Fuller House. And now this news comes to us from Deadline. I don't know about you, Jake, but I'm 50-50 on this. Uh, depending on where this show lands. One of the biggest comedies of, this comes from Deadline, one of the biggest comedies of the 1990s is making a comeback. I hear an eight episode limited series revival of the hit ABC blue collar family comedy Roseanne is in the works. Yeah, yeah the- that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I think I'm with you on the 50 50. Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if I need to see this at all. Well, they say the cast members are reprising their roles. Uh, Roseanne Barr, John Goodman, Sarah Gilbert, Lori Metcalf. Um, the project is currently in the marketplace with multiple networks bidding, including original Roseanne Home, ABC, and Netflix. Uh, I hear the intent is for all principal Roseanne actors to appear in some capacity in the reboot, including the Big Bang Theory star Johnny Galecki. I cannot believe that Roseanne would go back to ABC. I gotta believe that Netflix is the uh, leader in this race. ABC, back when she won the Emmy, what did she get? She Like all these other stars, they're getting bonuses, they're getting uh, gift bags, they're getting cars, they're getting all these things when they win Emmys from the, stu- from their, you know, uh, the studio and things like that. Uh, what did she get? She got a fucking cake. 
<laughs> it's true. Look it up. She got a cake that said like congratulations or whatever the fuck. And uh you know, she had battles with ABC because she had a lot of creative control over that show. They didn't like what she did. So during the ninth season, she just went hog wild and said fucking did whatever the hell she wanted to. Like the family won the lottery and all these stupid things. Now, they were dumb decisions in the ninth season. Yeah. Turns out ABC was right. ABC, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I I mean, I I I kind of like uh I kind of got a side with her here. I, I don't think there's any way she's going back to fucking ABC. No, I, I can't imagine. She, do you think they'll even try to keep it wholesome this time around? No, I think if it goes to Netflix, they're going to do kind of like uh, what The Ranch is doing with, uh, you know, Sam Elliott, Nashton Kutcher, and um, what's his name? Danny McBride or whatever the hell his name is from uh, yeah. that 70s show where they're dropping F-bombs, man. I think like, you know, we've grown up with these characters when we were younger. Roseanne is a very R-rated comedian to begin with. And mm. the kids are all growing up now. And, uh, man, that fucking DJ kid, he needs a fucking job. Am I right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I, I will definitely watch this. Yeah. Oh, I me mean, too. I, I, I love John Goodman. Yeah. I, I loved the show. And I think eight episodes is the sweet spot for this, you know? I agree. You know, so I... I Much more than that, and I don't know. If I get a Netflix... If they give me a Netflix announcement, Jake, I'm going to say I'm all in. I can't wait. Yeah. If I have to watch half an hour a week on some network, then I'm probably going to watch one episode. Right. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me too. And if it's if it's on ABC, NBC, CBS, whatever the hell, I'm I'm out. That's why, like, Will and Grace is coming back, and I could, I could care less because it's back on NBC. This should be, like, a Netflix thing too, in my opinion. I just think, like, Netflix, there's so much more that they can do, and it's it's just the better place to to be a home. For, I like I like binging these shows when I want to. So Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. All right, guys, it's official. According to THR, actor Jeff Goldblum is going to be returning to Jurassic Park in Jurassic World 2. Uh, they say Goldblum will reprise his role as Dr. Ian Malcolm, the know-it-all mathematician, <laughs> who came Thank to the— Thank goodness. <laughs> Yeah, that he's not coming back as somebody else? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the know-it-all mathematician who came to the park as an insurance consultant and somehow survived both the original film and the sequel. Um, J.A. Boyana, uh, the director from A Monster Calls, is directing the next installment in the studio's hit franchise. So Colin Trevorrow not coming back. Um, the film is slated for a uh, release on June 22nd, 2018. My question to you, Jake, is uh, what are we thinking here? Are we thinking uh, cameo? Are we thinking a large role? And 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 the biggest question after you answer that is are they actually going to be able to get Ian Malcolm back on the island? Uh, I, I think it's yes to almost all those questions. I think it's not going to be a cameo. I think it's definitely going to be a big role. Yeah, possibly yeah. second or third billing to the whole thing. Yeah, I think with this announcement that uh, it implies that it's going to be a big role. And uh, if they don't get him on the island, I, I don't want to see some fucking bullshit Skype call. You know, I I want him back on the island. Yeah, it's it's a little too much diehard for me. You know, like John McClane is always involved in, uh, you know, terrorists and all this other stuff. And it's just like. How many times can one guy be on an island with dinosaurs? But fuck it. Let's do it, man. No, he'll be back. He's going to see dinosaurs again. I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine they won't. But, I mean, I don't know. The one thing, though, is this doesn't, like, automatically make me more excited for the movie, though. I mean, 
he was the lead character in Jurassic Park 2, and Jurassic Park 2 is kind of a stinker. Yeah, I think that he's going to be playing second fiddle to Chris Pratt, though. Chris, yeah, Chris that, Pratt. That could be really entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's coming back, and uh, I mean, uh, she stole his moment. She stole Ian Malcolm's moment in uh, Jurassic World, waving the, <laughs> the uh, what is it, the little flash thing around or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, I need to watch that again. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's so good. I love it. I saw it twice in the theater. Yeah. I haven't watched it since. Oh, man. Yeah, I've watched it uh, a couple times since I got home. I lent it to Jay, and he fucking loved it, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's good. Uh, Yeah. um, Bryce Dallas Howard, like I said, Chris Pratt, they're coming back. And there's a new actor, Kevin Lane. Um, He's joining the cast. And he spoke with management in stage and film about a sequence in this next movie. He said, I read for two parts. And ended up getting the role of sub of uh, submarine pilot, which was the role I wanted, as it uh, is quite an epic scene. So I should have a nice cinematic moment on screen in a massive studio film. Filming starts in May, so hopefully I'll be in one of their amazing contraptions, pretending that there's dinosaurs around me. I've never worked with CGI before, so it's fun and challenging. But I can now say to people, you know, there's no dinosaurs there, right? So, basically, he's a submarine pilot. Jake, we're going to go underwater and see underwater dinosaurs. And the only thing I'm kind of worried about is, like, it's going to be, like, phantom. Oh, man. That's like the, what haven't we done? Right. Underwater dinosaurs. Well, they did it in the last one. We saw, like, the uh, the Lafiasaurus. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> the Laffy Taffy sword. <laughs> yeah. I'm just making up shit. I don't think it was called that. Uh, but we saw, we did see that water dinosaur when they put on like that SeaWorld show and shit. I'm just worried about a scene That's of a true. submarine pilot and it's like the Phantom Menace scene where like there's always a bigger <laughs> fish. There's always a bigger one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I hope Kevin Lane gets to say hold on to your butts. That's all I'm saying. Hold on to your butts. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully they don't have to do 8,000 nod backs to the original movie. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> settle, settle down with yeah. that. I, uh, you know, this, this director, uh, J.A. Boyana from A Monster Calls, um, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I wasn't the biggest fan of that movie, A Monster Calls. I do know that Spoiler Steve from Scenic Cast loved that movie, and I know a lot of people did like that movie. Just wasn't my cup of tea. Um, I do think that there were some really cool visuals in that movie, so I'm hoping to get some really cool shit out of the second uh, Jurassic World movie. Yeah, maybe it was the writing you didn't like and the directing was just fine. Yeah, it was fine. It was all right. Uh, and I thought he was a pretty damn good storyteller, even though I didn't really care for the story. And it had, uh, what's her face? It had, uh, Jenner, so what's her name? Felicity Jones in it. Oh, yeah, she's so charismatic. Oh, she was awful in that film. Um, she's terrible. She's terrible. Uh, we're I, was, get- I was joking. I didn't. I, I don't know. I. I'll be honest with you, man. And I was telling everybody over at C two E two. Um, I would have rather had Tatiana Maslany in the role. I, I just. I wasn't the biggest fan of Felicity Jones in Rogue One. She's probably my least oh, favorite. Least yeah. favorite part. Yeah, she's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're you're not going to get any argument from me here. No, I thought you were being uh, a little sarcastic there. Earlier. Yeah. Or earlier I was about saying how charismatic she was. I was totally joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's the fucking worst. She's horrible. <laughs> uh. 
I'm a, yeah, sorry. I, I was completely joking there. No, I put, she, she, I, you uh, know, she's and this the is, worst part of Rogue One. And as far as, as much as I love Rogue One, and this might be controversial, um, I honestly, I'm having a hard time putting her above Natalie Portman. I'm, I'm actually thinking Natalie Portman had better moments in in those in those three films. I think that's an 100 percent yes from me. Yeah, uh, she's she's so terrible. There's never a moment of anything being convincing, right? I, and I don't think you can blame the editing job or whatever happened with the story changes. I think it's in her completely stale performance, right? Yeah, it's I, it's garbage. No, I mean I'm telling you, like the rest of the cast held that movie up. It they, they really did. Donnie Yen, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, Diego I, Luna. I didn't think I didn't think Luna or Luga or whatever. What, what was his name? Her. The supporting male lead. Diego Luna. Yeah, he wasn't that good either. Oh, I loved him. I loved him. On the second viewing, I absolutely loved him. I loved him and Riz Ahmed. I thought they were just fantastic. Yeah, I think Riz Ahmed is fantastic. Oh, he's so good. I think I think everyone but the lead two characters was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Is what I think. Hell, Bryce Dallas Howard from Jurassic World would have been better. Shit, man. Anyone would have been better. Yeah. She, she was awful. I don't yeah. know what it was. Yeah, I don't know. But she was I, not good in a monster calls either, so I, I'm just blaming her as a person. I've never seen her <laughs> in anything else besides Rogue One, uh, but yeah. now I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Don't watch a monster calls then. She does not redeem herself. Yeah, I um, really wanted to watch that theory of everything, but now I'm like, ugh. That was a good movie. That was a good movie. <laughs> that was a good movie. But All I, right, so I shouldn't I, be completely turned off. No, nah, see, I don't remember her performance in that movie. I'll, oh, of course you I, don't. It's, it's, it was. It's all Eddie Redmayne. It's all. It's coming up Eddie Redmayne for me. She's awful. Uh, we're getting a split, unbreakable sequel, Jake. Uh, Universal actually released the uh, first synopsis. M Night Shyamalan brings together the narratives of two of his standout originals: 2000s Unbreakable and last year's Split. And one explosive all-new comic book thriller, Glass, from Unbreakable, Bruce Willis returns as David Dunn, as does Samuel L. Jackson, as Elijah Price, known also by his pseudonym, Mr. Glass. Joining from Split are James McAvoy, reprising his role as Kevin Wendell Crumb, and the multiple identities who reside within, with Anya Taylor-Joy as Casey Cook, the only captive to survive an encounter with the Beast. Following the conclusion of Split, Glass finds Dunn pursuing Crumb's superhuman figure of the Beast in a series of escalating encounters while the shadowy presence of Price emerges as an orchestrator who fold, who holds secrets critical to both men. Uh, Jake, I know you gotta be excited. You love, Unbreakable is your favorite Shyamalan film and then I know you oh, like, yeah. I know you like Split, so I know you gotta be really excited for this. Yeah, I am, I am really excited, especially to see all those actors together. That'll be really interesting how they incorporate all of that mm. together into one movie. Yeah. I'm kind of intrigued how they're even going to accomplish that or kind of what the POV of the movie will be. Yeah. So I'm very interested by this. And when do you say it comes out, 2018? Uh, let's see here. I don't have a date. Oh, Okay. I would guess, yeah, yeah, I would guess that it should start filming soon. Yeah, that's a great title, Glass. Yeah, it's a good title. 
So yeah, good stuff. I can't, I can't wait for this. Will, will you even see it? Yeah, I'll see it. I'll see it. I'm just, I'm not as excited. I, I, I it, I did not like split and, I, and it was not because of McAvoy's performance. I think McAvoy shined in a, I, I honestly like watching the trailers. I thought he looked ridiculous, but watching the movie, I thought he shined. I just felt like the story was not good. And I felt like the twist ending didn't redeem any of it. It was like, it just didn't save it for me. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I thought characters were making stupid decisions. Like the girls didn't struggle. I mean, just characters, not just, just not making decisions that I would think that they would make. I mean, I, I had seen movies that have, and shows that have done that have shown people in captivity do it so much better. Like watch the OA and watch how these people are scheming to get out of there. They just want to get out of there. They're captives and they're they're scheming to get out of there. Watch uh, watch movies like Green Room where they're being held captive and they've got to like fight their way out. Watch uh, the uh, watch uh, uh, the Room or no, not the Room. That was Tommy was <laughs> watch Room with Brie, uh, with um, Brie Larson. I mean, yeah. I mean, I. I see what you're saying there. I kind of see, see Split as a different genre from the Brie Larson movie. Yeah, but I'm I'm just talking about like the way fucking humans react when they're in captivity. Like, watch this movie, and these girls don't fight or struggle or anything. I mean, you know, I, yeah. It's, I mean, different strokes for different folks. I mean, you never know how everyone's going to react differently. I know, but not, I've watched other movies the same. Fair enough. I'm just saying, like, it's one guy, it's three girls. Like, they should have done something. I mean, they should have done something, and I've watched other movies do it better, and that wasn't the point, and was them, I mean, it, it just seemed like, uh, M. Night Shyamalan wanted to get you from point A to point B, all the shit that was important to me, and the way that characters were acting that were taking me out of the film, was not important to him. It was about, it was about that reveal at the end. It was about setting up the origin story for this villain. And I did not, it didn't work for me, even with yeah. the twist ending. So, you know, it, I mean, maybe it's a minor nitpick, but for me, it just did not work. It was just not enough. I am still going to see Glass when it comes out because it, yeah, it Bruce Willis and it, Samuel L. Jackson. Exactly. Exactly. And I want to see what those characters have been up to since then. Yeah, and you like uh, Unbreakable too. Yeah, is uh, Bruce Willis going to be enough to stop uh, McAvoy's character? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I don't either. I don't either. So, are they going to introduce somebody else? Yeah, I think they will. Yeah, yeah, I think they will. We'll see. There's definitely going to be some kind of twist, right? Yeah, just because you're, I don't know, just because you're Unbreakable and you never get sick doesn't mean you're going to be able to kick this guy's ass. So, all right, yeah, that'll be it. It'll be interesting. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, let's move on into uh, Marvel news. News. All right, I got some Marvel quick news. Uh, Rosario Dawson, she recently talked with Collider. She revealed that she does not have a cameo in the Punisher series. But um, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure though, and I'm willing to bet that Karen Page shows up. I I, I think that we've actually seen 
I don't think that's much of a stretch. I think I think there were photos released of the actress from True Blood that plays Karen Page. I think that there were I think they shot some pictures of her. I think I've seen I think I've seen that too. Yeah, with John Bernthal as the Punisher. So yeah, this is uh is this the first series that we're not gonna get Rosario Dawson? I mean Rosario Dawson kinda played her part being like the uh as Kova would like to uh Kova from Scenic Cast would like to call her the connective tissue of the uh Marvel Netflix universe. They don't yeah, really need I, her. For I always that. call her the Colson. The Colson, yeah. So I guess they don't really need her, you know, in the Punisher series. No, not really. Is that going to take place after all the Punisher stuff we already saw, too? I guess so. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Because Karen Page shows up. She wouldn't have known him before. Makes sense, makes sense. Now. I heard they're going to do the whole jigsaw route. Oh, really? That's what rumors I've been reading. Yeah, I've kind of been staying away. I'm not, I'm not. You remember me. I, 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 actually you, you, me and you I, were I'm not, not a big Punisher fan either. We were not big Punisher fans of, of this incarnation of the character. I, I love the Rucka, um, run in the comics, but that's it really, you know, for me. Um, and I got to meet Greg Rucka this past weekend and that was just amazing. So, um, but, um, all right, moving on. Boxoffice.com is claiming that the previously rumored title for the next X-Men film, X-Men Supernova, will be officially titled X-Men Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I, I read this. I read this. This is not shocking. No. No. I, you know, Kinberg can say whatever he wants to, that they're not going to go Dark Phoenix or he hasn't heard or whatever. But, I mean, it, it was written in the fucking stars. Yeah, we saw this coming a mile away. Yeah. Uh, so X-Men Dark Phoenix is set for a November 2nd release for 2018, after New Mutants on April 13th, and Deadpool 2 on June 1st. Jake, um, oh, I also found out that the, uh, the working title for New Mutants is Growing Pains. That's, uh, <laughs> from Production Weekly. But anyway, I think this is crazy, Jake. Deadpool, Deadpool 2 bumps the X-Men. For a June release. Oh, I don't think that's crazy at all at this point. No, 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 no. At this point, but no, I'm th- – think about this, Jake. The summer was always X-Men's slot. That was always oh. – the X-Men, that was their slot in summertime. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I'm mean, not surprised though. Not I'm, surprised. In the same year where we got Apocalypse and Deadpool, we got Deadpool in February and then we got you know the X-Men in June. And now they're flip-flopping. They're saying – Fuck the X Men. Uh, they're going to. They're, they're, we're pushing them to November. November. Didn't, didn't Apocalypse come out late like that too, though? No, no. Apocalypse was still a summer release. Oh, okay. It was a summer release. In, okay. This is this is in. Yeah, yeah. Remember uh, we had uh, Hotner on the episode, and he showed up, and that was summer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. So I mean, X Men loses a summer release. I think that's the big story here. Not the fucking title. I think the big story here is like Deadpool is the flagship fucking movie now for Fox. Like, they, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely for their uh, Marvel mutant license. Yeah, they, they, Jake, they cleaned up in February. They cleaned up in February. It was like the biggest opening box office weekend for a film in February. Now they're moving it to June. In June, there's a lot more competition. Man, 
I'm telling you, man, they've got so much fucking confidence in Deadpool 2. This is insane. I makes me excited to see the film even more. Yeah, Deadpool 2, like, opening night is going to be gangbusters. Yes. That's yeah. going to be the hottest ticket in the house. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Uh, a scene from Spider-Man Homecoming was inspired by Ferris Bueller. Uh, this uh, was revealed to Screen Rant from co-producer Eric Carroll. Here's his quote. He says, they go through this great Ferris Bueller-inspired chase through this neighborhood where these guys from the Shocker, uh, they got in one good clock. Uh, Spider-Man was not expecting that, so they get a jump on him. They tear off, and Spider-Man gives chase. It's a lot of fun. He's running through people's backyards. He's encountering friendly dogs, things like that. We think it's going to be one of the signature sequences in the film. So, Jake, my question to you is, like, we, you know, we've heard that the movie is John Hughes inspired, and now, of course, they're, I mean, the Ferris Bueller callback. I mean, this is John Hughes, you know, during his heyday. Jake, is, is this, is this, is this is it too go- much? Yes. Is this just, is this good nostalgia or is this just a cheap move? Mm, as long as it's still independently funny and in- interesting without knowing the references, it works. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's hard to say without seeing the actual thing happen. I think it'll bring a lot of laughs in the theater, but it's, is it going to stop here? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, they, 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 they warned us that this is going to be very much John Hughes inspired, but you know, they're pulling directly from Ferris Bueller here. And I mean, if you ask Tom Holland, I bet the kid hasn't even fucking seen the movie. He hasn't seen Empire. So <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't bother me until I see it. Yeah. But it, it I, I can see why you would be cautious. Yeah. That, that's all I'm saying. I, I'm not saying, like, you know, get me in the theater and get me around a good group of people and, you know, and uh, I'll, I'll probably be laughing along with it. But, like, I'm just saying, like, is it is it just – are they just – are they are they trying to go for that nostalgia button? Are they trying to just push that and say – yeah, we're going to, you know, I don't know, man. It's an easy button to push, man. Yeah. It's like they do the same crap with, like, pop music. You know, right. they take that song everyone loves from 15 years ago, and yeah. then they just loop it again. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it, but it works for Guardians. But Guardians uses some obscure music, and they just use it in the right way sometimes, so. Yeah, exactly. It's not not quite the same. No. No, it's just like we recently saw Steve, the character Steve from Stranger Things, you know, doing the whole Ferris Bueller commercial, I think, for Domino's Pizza. Oh, yeah. 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 That was silly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully this plays. I hope it plays. Um, Still looking forward to the movie. More Spider-Man news. Spider-Man Homecoming uh, news. It, It came from L.A. Times. They gave us a breakdown of the uh, the abilities of the Spider-Man Stark suit that Peter's going to be wearing in the film. Oh wow! Uh, you know, uh, one of these at least we've uh, no two of these we've at least seen in the trailer. The first one uh, we did see is Drony, um, and it says, "Like most superheroes, Spider-Man features his symbol on his chest. However, this time around, it now detaches and operates as a drone." In a similar way, Falcon's Red Wing did in Civil War. Oh, that's kind of awesome. We saw that in the trailer. We saw that thing flying around. I remember that. I remember that. Uh, Next thing is GPS tracking. In the comics, Spidey has had a tracking system. 
Considering almost everyone has GPS on their phones these days, the function feels a bit underwhelming. In Homecoming, it has been upgraded to use a holographic display that can be projected from his wrist. Hmm. That's kind of silly. I would be fine with just old school Spidey tracers and Spidey sense, to be honest with you. Yeah, but I mean, it's a Stark suit. So the Stark suit, you know, like we saw, we've seen Stark technology and how it's all 3D and how he's like, you know, designing things and then like swiping left uh, to the, uh, you know, the trash bin. Oh, you know what I mean? Just this. Yeah, ma- yeah you're right. This, this makes sense in this universe that if it's a Stark suit, that this is what we're going to get from it, that, you know, Stark technology. Yeah, all right. I follow you here. Uh, we're going to get web shooter upgrades. Spider-Man's web shooters now have a variety of settings. Uh, this is another classic element seen from the comics where old webhead has been able to manipulate how he uses his webbing. These upgrades include the explosive web snare seen in the homecoming trailers to trap targets. Oh, like it's kind of like the impact webbing. Are we gonna actually see like something on his wrist where we've got like different buttons and shit hmm. to select these? Because like, how else do you select which which webbing you're gonna use? There's got to be some kind of like visual thing or a button that he knows. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I imagine what you're saying is correct. Some well, kind of button or switch. Or, or we've also heard that he's uh, he's he's going to get his own version of Jarvis, right? Oh, I'm sure. Well, I think you weren't on that episode. I think I was talking. Uh, I think it was uh, Rebecca was on that episode with me, and uh, we. I think Jared was on it, and uh, the the rumor is he's going to get his own Jarvis in the in the suit. And okay. And maybe, maybe, maybe he can tell Jarvis what setting he wants it on. Ah, just a a, a verbal command. Yeah, I actually that would, be, that would that would play well for the audience, I think, too. I I, I was the one on the episode who, uh, and Frank took it a, a step further and made it made made this a, a brilliant. Uh, uh, he, let me just explain. I said I think it would be great if the voice was not a man that it was a female and uh, frank went on to say yeah that would be great he's an awkward teenager and to get embarrassed by a female ai would just be great oh yeah that is fun yeah that would be fun yeah so so yeah that could be very interesting yeah like something like where he shoots his web prematurely or something oh yeah that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, next thing is web wings. We all knew this. Uh, dep- yeah, we've seen this. Depending on the artist, Spider-Man has sometimes been drawn with or without triangular webbing under his arms that attach to his torso. In Homecoming, they make they may they make their premiere with a new function that will allow him to glide through the air like a flying squirrel. <laughs> yep, and we've seen that in the trailer yeah, too. Saw that in the trailer. Uh, Spider Vision. Uh, when your character's face is completely hidden under a mask, it's hard to have the character emote through expression. The comics get away with it by changing the expression of Spider-Man's eyes, which is very difficult to duplicate in live action. Civil War introduced Spidey's suit with expressive mechanical eyes, but they also serve a practical purpose. When Spidey changes into different spider modes, his eyes will change displays that will reflect in their shape. 
So Wow, that's kind of funky. You know, I mean, I think this all goes back to that discussion of like, uh, would Spider-Man have done this if Deadpool didn't do it first? Yeah. I kind of just hope this isn't a bu- too much stuff. I'm, we talked about this on the episode with Rebecca, Jared, and uh, Frank, and and I think by the end of this, Peter, like when when Tony takes the suit away, Peter's going to have his own suit and not use these gadgets by the end of this movie. Okay, I'm excited for that. That's that's my guess. That's just a theory. I think that Peter, you know, being an inventor himself, will just do his own thing, you know, and yeah. uh, that'll be part of the lesson that he learns, you know, like. Um, you know. Or steal a little bit of the tech. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then do it himself. Yeah. And Marvel probably just wants to see what works with the character, and they'll make the decisions from there. Um, yeah. The Spider-Man Homecoming director, um, he uh, – what's his name? John Watts. He explained that a lot of these gadgets come from or were inspired by the comics. He said there's actually a precedent for a lot of these ideas in these comics. In the very first issue of Spider-Man, there was one page dedicated to all the different things that Spider-Man can do with his webs. We would always joke about that because there's a web, there's web skis and a web boat and a web shield. So, oh, I love that page. <laughs> I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> that was it. Was that an amazing Fantasy Fifteen? It's one of those classic Marvel pages where, like, in like two to three pages, they like display all their characters' like powers and what they can do and everything. Yeah. And uh, I used to love those when I was a kid. Uh, web shield. This is, this is almost like uh, shark repellent, if you ask me. <laughs> no, me. I agree. I agree. I like it, though. <laughs> Let's get some Spidey buggy action going. Oh, man. I want Spidey buggy action. Um, <laughs> so uh, here we go. Next, uh, next thing. We've all seen the uh, Thor Ragnarok trailer, and a lot of fans were comparing not only the trailer, but the tone of the film to be in line with Guardians of the Galaxy. So... Uh, Kevin Feige took it upon himself to address this recently with Heroic Hollywood. He said, well, I think I would say it's, and as people see more of Ragnarok, it's it's a Taika tone. He's talking about Taika Waititi, the director. It's a, mm-hmm. Taika, it's a Taika tone more than a Guardian's tone. He's really adding a very unique point of view to it. But certainly the success of Guardians just boosted our confidence to continue to go in a new, fun, weird directions. So... He's talking about Taika Waititi. He, he's the director of the film. And mm-hmm. this director, he did um, – and I'm going to encourage you to see this, Jake. Uh, he did that movie, Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, it's a, it's with Sam Neill. And mm. I, I think it's filmed 100% in New Zealand. Uh, it's a beautiful movie. It's really funny. It's it remind, it, It's got a little bit of kind of like um, – you're not going to like this, but it, it's got a little bit of Wes Anderson feel meets Napoleon Dynamite. It's okay. It's really quirky, and the characters are great. Um, Sam Neill is fantastic in it, and I, I, I loved that film. It was one of my favorite movies of last year. You can watch it on Hulu. I have faith that if anybody can give us like a stellar Thor movie, it's Taika Waititi. I think that this guy has a has a. a He's very unique, and so you're, you're buying what Fahey is selling. Then that that it is this guy's style, and that they weren't just trying to ape the Guardians feel. If you watch Hunt for the Wilder People, um, yeah, I, I think it's Taika. I think it's Taika Waititi. I think the trailer was cut to look like Guardians, but I think the movie itself. I, I, I'm gonna 
I'm going to take his word for it right now that it is going to have a Taika Waititi feel. I've already heard that there are uh, Taika Waititi Easter eggs within the film. I haven't searched those out because I want to see if I can notice them in the film the first time I see them. But like, I, I honestly feel like this guy's going to bring his own style to the movie. I really do. Cool. Well, hopefully that is true. Yeah, but I, I do feel the way the trailer was cut was 100% Guardians. I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. Oh, yeah. At even all. the logo fonts. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to try to defend that at all and say, oh no, that's Taika with Tatey, dude. No, dude, that's, that's fucking Guardians, dude. I mean, Guardians is just fucking killing it, you know? So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Next week. Oh, I know. That's, a, that's the show next week, dude. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, it's exciting. Yeah. Uh, one of the concerns that I've voiced on the show before, Jake, you'll probably remember this, is I was worried about the Russo brothers using uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy in their Avengers films because I was really skeptical on how the directors would handle the characters. You know, I've seen what James Gunn can do with them. I was worried about how the Russo brothers would handle them. Chris Pratt confirmed uh, recently that the Guardians – will have the same comedic tone as in the Guardians films when he spoke to Slash film. He said, we have great stuff that we're doing in it. It's really fun. It's very, very Guardians. It's our tone. It's our voices. And I felt like on the day, although it was the Russo brothers directing, James's executive producing, he and Kevin are having a conversation and there were zero eagles, egos involved Uh it felt like when he said ego, I was thinking of the living planet. There. <laughs> yeah, Kurt Russell was not involved. Kurt Russell was not involved at all. But um, this made me feel a little better, Jake. I don't know. Yeah, man. yeah, that sounds good. Knowing that Guns on as, as executive producer, yeah, they're his babies, right? He's not going to let stupid shit happen, right? Um, knowing about the uh, four year time lapse that we're going to have with the team, yes, also really helps cement the fact that they. It won't really matter. This isn't going to interrupt what James Gunn is doing. Right. Because, I mean, that makes me feel like Guardians 3 is still taking place before Avengers 3. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think about how this is going to work because we've heard the story that um, – here we go. This is, James Gunn said he revealed he was talking to the, to the Toronto Sun. And he said he revealed details about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 4. And he said, I think the first three movies tell a single story, and that story is pretty simple. I think that there could be a Guardians Volume 4, but it would not be the same. It would not be the same group. Basically, the story of this group ends with Volume 3. Now, I haven't thought this out, so let's try to help me with this right now. Yeah, to me, that that cements what I was just saying. Okay, okay. That the first three movies are going to take place like in that bubble of the Marvel universe, right? And that's why they've done. That's why they've announced that the Guardians we'll see in Avengers three will be four years removed from the Guardians that we see in Guardians two. So, are we getting this different group in that movie, or the, or? Are the events of Avengers 3 going to affect the group going into Volume 4? I'm saying I, the latter. Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly what you're saying. I think there's going to be shocks and surprises about what's going on with the Guardians. Yeah. 
in Avengers 3 that won't be resolved until Guardians 4. Right. Now, who, I mean, who do you think's leaving the team? I don't know. It's hard saying. And there could be, I mean, four years is a long time. Mm -hmm. There could be someone on that team that we've never even seen before. Right. I mean, four four years in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And it's James Gunn characters. So I got to imagine, and the Russo brothers. Yeah. They're not just going to throw some crazy character we've never seen before on the Guardians of the Mm -hmm. Galaxy team that's four years removed from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I know Chris Pratt's coming back. The Star Lord's oh, not going Chris anywhere. Chris Pratt, 100%. Uh, I think Drax, 100%. Yeah. Uh, Rocket and Groot, 100%. Yeah. It's probably like uh, Gamora that may be missing. Well, I mean, Chris Pratt has already expressed interest that he's ready to re-sign a new contract with Marvel Studios. That he he's, you know, that's that's in the cards for him. Oh, definitely. And and they'll be happy to have him. Oh, absolutely. He's one of the hottest actors in fucking Hollywood right now. His stock is so high. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the first Guardians is kind of what made him in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Let's circle back to something that we've talked about before. Um, James Gunn, he was talking to Toronto Sun, and he, he was talking about Sylvester Stallone. And he reiterated, we talked about this in the past, and I was skeptical. He he reiterated, he says, it's my plan to have Sly. And I talked to him last night to find a place for him in the future of the Marvel Universe. He's adamant. He wants Sylvester Stallone to be a part of this Marvel Universe going forward. And it doesn't sound, when he says Marvel Universe, that doesn't mean Guardians. I mean, I think it's, uh, he wants Sly Stallone to be a part of the MCU. I mean, that means crossing into over other films, if you ask me by that quote. And, I mean, do you know, spoiler, who Sylvester Stallone is? Yes. Does that make this make more or less sense for you? It makes... It makes it make less sense for me. Yeah, it doesn't... Well, yeah, I mean, the two rumored characters that he was going to be, it makes less sense... No, it makes more sense for the other. It makes more sense for the other. It does. The one that he, the one that he really is, it makes way less sense. Right. Than he would be in anything other than cosmic Marvel shit. Right. Yeah. So the whole thing is super weird. I don't know if he just had the greatest time of his life. I'm thinking. I'm, they, I'm thinking the only two. I'm. I'm thinking the only other two movies that he could show up in would be an Avenger. Both Avengers movies coming out. Yeah, that's very possible. You're going to need lots of just lots of fodder yeah. and lots of people. But you're not getting him as fucking, you know, Doctor Strange 2, you know. Yeah. Didn't they did you read I, recently that they ha- they're not that they haven't they haven't uh planned a Doctor Strange 2 for Phase 4? Yeah, there's lots of weird Phase 4 rumors going around right now that yeah. I'm reading. I don't like that, man. Yeah, that's too bad. I want to see more. Weren't they supposed to go to three movies a year anyway? And I mean, and with the Spider-Man stuff, that would make it four in certain yeah. years. Yeah, that would be that would be nice. Yeah, I would like three three a year for sure. That they're going to be moving to three a year. So I, I guarantee you, they got to find a way to fit in Doctor Strange too. Uh, Feige talked to Cinema Blend about why the films don't overlap. Do I really need to read that? No. Fuck that. No. We we covered that, basically. We covered it. Yeah. Yeah. They're talking about Guardians, why they're not overlapping. I, I like I like what you said better than even what, what Feige says. Keeping in that bubble, man. I like that. 
yeah, James Gunn can do whatever he wants in Guardians 3. Right. Whatever happens in two Avengers movies that are coming out in between that will not affect it. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. You know what? We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with DC News. All right. Baking pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. All right, hey, we are back. Yes, that was a good break. Yeah, good break, good stuff. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, Jake playing the old Nintendo Classic. Yeah, I'm loving that thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You found one of the the last ones on the shelves. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's the last month you can get one. Yeah, so, yeah, more power to you, man. That's cool, man. Uh, Lucky as fuck. Yeah, if I would have saw one on the shelves, I probably would have been, like, jumping at it. So, I don't blame you. Sold it to me for 300 bucks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a friend discount. Uh, friend discount. Friend discount. Uh, moving on into some DC news. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC news. It's time for DC news, you fucking pieces of shit. Alright, you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna talk about the Flash news. But first, I wanna talk about this rumor that I heard from Screen Rant. And, uh, it said, uh, Here's the title, Jake. Man, I don't know, man. I'm not placing any bets on this. This is fucked up. This is fucked up. Everybody's got, like, their own idea of who Superman is going to be when he comes back in the Justice League movie. You know, he died in the in Batman v Superman. Spoilers. Now, he's coming back in Justice League. We know it's happening. It's confirmed. You yeah, know. we saw Funko Pop Superman this week. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Zack Snyder said that, yeah, he's going to be a big part of this. Now, this is where it gets fucked up, this rumor, Jake. I'm not putting any bets on it, man. I don't know. Uh, the title is, Could Superman... Hold on. Damn it, my cat, my cats are just... <laughs> sorry. I Like, my audio got knocked out because he, he wants some loving. Um, could Superman be the secret villain of the Justice League movie? Have you heard this? Mm. Have you heard this? Man, I hope that's true. Do you really... <laughs> Kinda. Okay, so they alluded to injustice in the last film, right? Yeah. Yeah. I say fuck. To me at this point, like, I don't like this vision of the DC universe. Right. <laughs> I know where stuff. this is going. <laughs> so just go all in. Yeah. You know, just fuck it. And Superman's my least favorite character, so he might as well be the villain. Uh, <laughs> this is what, this is the rumor. They're saying, uh, could Superman be the secret villain of the Justice League movie? Essentially, the idea is that Kal-El isn't simply resurrected by the power of the sun-slash-Kryptonian tech, other fantastical means by Bats and company, but by Syrian Hines, villain 
uh, as a way to pacify the team instead of just taking on a villain who is old and tired and a parade of identical henchmen much of the gang's efforts will be con- concentrated on corralling a future teammate superman will inevitably be eventually redeemed by his innate humanity but it gives the league a more personal foe that charges a later showdown against uh, against dark side uh, that would certainly explain why he's been hidden in the trailers. Yes, it surely helped social tracking to have the mystery of his absence. But when a return is so overtly teased at the end of the previous film, it's a bit moot. Uh, they're trying to replicate Where's Luke from The Force Awakens when the base, <laughs> when the base answer to the question feels known. So perhaps instead they're hiding a complicated answer. Uh, it also explains the tight, purposeful editing of the trailer. It was theorized at the time the restrictive reshoots, uh, the restrictive shots were avoiding Superman being part of the team, but it may be to hide that they're actually fighting him. I, I like it. I mean, it, it's good comic book stuff, honestly. Yeah, a lot of fans, though, were thinking, like, when he comes back, this is going to be a way for them to lighten up Superman. That way they can make him a more fun character going forward and make the job easier for... Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. you got to beat the fun into him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he deserves a beating first for, so, for his past sins. Are we going to get a shot of uh, Wonder Woman restraining him with the golden lasso as uh, Aquaman is, like, you know, uh, battling him with the trident? We see Superman muscles flexing, trying to break the, the lasso, and, and Batman rolling up and uh, doing whatever Batman does in this instance and uh, Flash... <laughs> What does Batman do? Basically nothing. <laughs> Throw Batman is throwing. Lead, lead Superman to his booby trapped room. Batman is throwing wooden crates at him, and uh, I don't know. And then Flash is zipping around like an asshole. Like like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, is that what we're gonna get in this? Flash is if it around like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> cyborg doing cyborg shit, you know? Oh, shoot. And, and you know, but the, like, with their powers combined... Uh, <laughs> they will fight Superman. <laughs> they'll fight Captain Planet. Um, and, and a bunch of Chitauri. And Chitari, some uh, some parademons. Um, I when can we get the Chitari parademon crossover movie? Oh, um, when, like when can Warner Brothers and Marvel Studios just set aside the, set aside their differences and give us the movie we've all been waiting for? The ultimate invasion movie. Yeah, I mean this episode is all about no regrets, and I, this would be the biggest regret. Ever. <laughs> the Parademon. The fucking Chitari movie. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, so this, this news caught me off guard, though, Jake. I was not expecting to, to read this theory. 
Um, you know, and I know Screen Rant has had set visits, so maybe they maybe they've picked up on something else that we don't know. I was not expecting these rumors, but when I read it, it it didn't surprise me. Yeah, I was gonna echo exactly what you were. I, I was thinking to say what you're just saying now is right. I didn't think about this happening, but now that I hear it's what the rumor is that's yeah. supposed to happen, it makes complete and perfect sense. Absolutely, and I wouldn't put it past them, man. If God, you know, I said like I, I wouldn't put any bets on it, but I'm betting this is going to happen now. And I do like it. I mean, it's exciting. I don't, I don't want Superman to come back from the dead and then it's just group hugs. Yeah, like I, it's it's comic book fun. Let's see him. Let's see him throw down. If the whole point, I think it still works both ways. Like you were saying, like does this counter react to the point that you're trying to lighten Superman up? Right. And maybe this is exactly what you need to lighten Superman up. Right. Like maybe at the end of the day, this will all like be what it takes. You beat the fun into them. <laughs> um, so are we going to get like, sorry, my cat, my cats are going nuts tonight, dude. That's um, hilarious. Are we going to get like, <laughs> like Superman wearing the black suit, you know, being a badass, and then all of a sudden, and then like Wonder Woman, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think when every new character shows up, like, logos are going to flash on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish they would just go all out. Yeah. Just make it stylized craziness. You're, you're taking it like the Scott Pilgrim route. <laughs> yes. 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 Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see here. Okay, let's talk about it. Flash. Flash movie news out of Screen Junkies via Screen, screen Rant. Uh, screen junkies are reporting a rumor they've heard that Robert Zemeckis is in talks to take over as the director on The Flash. While exciting, it's far from a done deal. As soon as the story broke, entertainment reporter Umberto Gonzalez countered, uh, stating that while Zemeckis has indeed spoken with Warner Brothers about the film, he's far from a sure thing. The article goes on to say... My cats are nuts, <laughs> dude. Can you hear that shit? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. It's uh, let me let me explain. Like my cats, like um, after they take a shit, they go crazy. It's so weird. It's the most bizarre thing ever. <laughs> like they take a hearty dump and then they just go fucking tearing through here like assholes. They're like flash zipping around like assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, your cat's taking a shit on pop culture leftovers. I wish I had that much energy after I took a shit. Um, <laughs> let's see, we're shitting on this episode. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the article goes on to say, while rising stars like Graham Smith and rising star Graham Smith, what the fuck yeah. ever, get out of here, and uh, Rick Fumiyawa. Uh, would have been interesting helmers for the more youth-focused The Flash. It's hard not to be excited about the possibility of veteran director Zemeckis tackling a superhero film. While the DCEU has regularly been criticized for its po-faced tone, future installments are said to bring more heart and humor to the franchise. The Flash certainly has decades of history in that department. Zemeckis' work on Back to the Future and Forrest Gump proves he's up to the task of translating those themes onto the screen. Um, let's see here. You know, Jake, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, I mean, they've recently, you know, signed uh, Matt Reeves to do The Batman. 
and uh, oh man, I, I would I would honestly flip my shit if this happened. Yeah, to be honest, and I mean that that would take a lot. I a Robert Zemeckis flash movie, like oof, that that sounds amazing. It really does. It really does if sound amazing. If they're going to give him the deal that it sounds like they're giving Matt Reeves, where he, he kind of has free reign with it, then wow, I've never. It's one of the most excited comic book movies in my lifetime. Almost, I, I don't. I, I'm a huge Zemeckis fan, and I don't. I don't think that you get Zemeckis unless you do give him 100 percent complete control over it. I think that he'll work. I'm hoping that Zemeckis will work hand in hand with Jeff Johns to make this great and they're working off a treatment that was written by phil lord and chris miller before they left the project mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah, and i'm sure robert zemeckis will have ideas too if he comes on yeah hopefully one of those ideas is to keep goyer as far away from this fucking movie as all possible <laughs> yeah i'm sure he will i'm sure he will <laughs> they're about as far away from each other in writing styles as possible yeah yeah so um yeah, they, what do they go? They they went on to say in this article they were talking about some of the movies that they didn't. I, I guess they're not. Uh, they said something. That, yeah, they're talking about the 2007 CGI heavy Beowulf movie that he did. I like that movie. Oh yeah, I didn't much care for that, but really? I mean, Robert Zemeckis has made a lot of movies, and you know, yeah, every now and again you're not going to make a great one. Like Spielberg has a stinker or two. Sure. Yeah, but you know, recently we watched uh, The Walk. The Zemeckis film with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt about the uh, high, oh, yeah, yeah. tightrope walker, and that I thought that was fantastic. You watched his new newer movie just recently. I remember you doing it on Good Pop, Bad Pop. Yeah, yeah. What was uh, <laughs> what was forget, that? I forget. It was in the last like couple months, though. Yeah, let me look up Zemeckis, and I loved it. Whatever it was, I fucking remember raving about it. Was it, it. the Accountant? Was that his? Uh, no. Robert Zemeckis. Let's see what he's up to. Cake, would you stop jumping around like a like you're the Flash? Uh, Allied. Oh, that movie was great. The Brad Pitt film. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, it was. To see that. It was so good. Yes. Yeah, that so, movie. Yeah. That movie. I mean, this is great. Though. Hopefully, it happens. I mean, it seems like it's kind of like a a real big maybe, but. Hopefully they you know, follow through on it. Yeah, it had uh, Brad Pitt, uh, Marion Cotillard. It was it was so good. I loved this movie. Yeah, I'm. Uh, if they get Zemeckis, I Tupperware that uh, director choice. So hopefully that the deal won't fall through, and they'll be able to get him to do that. I, that's the worst thing. Is like uh, you know, I mean, we hear all these rumors about directors. Like who who did we hear about? Aaron Aaron Aronofsky. Uh, Aronofsky doing uh, Logan at oh. one time. I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, not the biggest fan of, of him. I don't think he his stuff would work well in that genre. I can't speak to some of his most recent stuff. I haven't watched a lot of his recent stuff, but there are some Aronofsky movies that I do like. Uh, but you know, I didn't watch like the most recent like Russell Crowe, you know, movie he did. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll see, man. Zemeckis. <laughs> Neither here nor there. Yeah. Zemeckis, I would Tupperware the fuck out of that. Let's move on into some Star Wars news. He got What am I saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. 
All right, Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, she was on Steel Wars podcast recently. I've also been on Steel Wars, Jake. That's all. That's incredible. I was a caller. I, I was their first caller for one of their episodes. Uh, let's see here. Kathleen Kennedy, she was on Steel Wars podcast. She recently said that there are no plans to re-release the original unedited Star Wars films. Quote, I wouldn't. T- Boo. Yes. <laughs> listen, to, listen to her reasoning. She says, uh, I wouldn't touch those. Are you kidding me? Those will always remain his. Why? Mm. They did it once already. Like they had those DVD editions. Yeah, remember that? I yeah, I do remember that. I mean, it was like VHS, and then now they they had um, double disc v, uh, yes. uh, DVD editions yeah. that actually had the original versions in them. Right, you're right. I don't know. So I don't get what the big deal is at this point. Yeah. Just give it to us. The article I read from Screen Rant said, uh, during the same interview, Kennedy reportedly revealed that there isn't technically an agreement in place that prevents Lucasfilm or Disney from opting to restore the theatrical cuts. So perhaps she or someone else high up in the corporate food chain will eventually change their mind on the subject. <laughs> so there's yeah. no, there's, it's not like when, uh, Disney acquired Lucasfilm that George Lucas said, well, you know, yeah, we can do this, but you can't touch him. He went all MC Hammer and said, you can't, you can't touch this. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad. I, I see their point. Like, even though I hate it and I want them to come out, mm-hmm. like they don't want to confuse all these kids and everything oh, by putting the out these. Fuck the kids, Jake. <laughs> Fuck Finn and fuck the kids. Hell, Tom Holland hasn't even seen The Empire Strikes Back, so he wouldn't know any fucking different. Yeah, any version. He doesn't know who screams no and when. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. Bull- I I think it's bullshit. They would make money hand over fist if they did it. I think they're just holding out for when they're not making so much money. They'll Then they'll, they'll fucking jump on this shit. Uh Hopefully the answer to that isn't never. Yeah, I know. Two uh, two new characters' names have, may have been revealed for the uh, Han Solo film via MakingStarWars.net. Uh, let's see here. I have been told that in the untitled young Han Solo story, there is a character named Mother Proxima. Apparently the character is likely some sort of puppet. The character is operated by Dave Chapman. Chapman is known to Star Wars crowd as one of the two BB-8 operators from The Force Awakens. There is also a chance Chapman is operating the character, but Mother Proxima will be voiced by one of the actors we've heard that has been cast in the film. Uh, (laughs) On the latest episode of Now This Is Podcasting, we also discussed another character with top billing named Val. This is a female character in the Untitled Han Solo story that is named Val. I have now received several reports that the name Val was used at Pinewood and that Val had some sequence involving stunts, so there will be action around this character. The strangeness of the situation is that no one will confirm who Val is to me at this point. However, I heard that Val has top billing, and that makes me think it could be none other than Amelia Clark's character, that said, it could be Phoebe Waller-Bridge or Tandy Newton's character, too. 
Uh, we don't have a, we don't have a lot to go on at this point about Val. Hopefully, as time goes by, we get more indications about the characters of these films and uh, of this film and what the texture of the movie will be. And as always, the names could be pseudonyms to obscure the real names, but these sound and feel like the real names to me. Those guys are usually on the mark when it comes to this. Usually, when they talk to their sources and they hear it from multiple people, and it feels like it's their name, they're usually right. I've seen them wrong a couple times, but more times than not, they're correct. So if I had to place bets with uh, a character that's going to be involved in action stunts and things like that, I would go with Amelia Clark as well. With it's what, Clark for sure. Yeah. Like top, top billing. Too. Yeah. Like as much yeah. as I love the other two actresses. Right. Like we kind of know the, the deal here. Like, yeah. You know, Clark's the female lead. Yeah, but man, you know, after Tandy Newton's performance in Westworld, and maybe, maybe I'm a little biased, but I think that uh, – I think she deserves a lot of screen time. I really no, do. I don't disagree. Yeah. I don't disagree. Yeah. But yeah. I just don't think she's the top build female here. Yeah, I just think it's really cool. We found out uh, possibly two names of female characters showing up in this movie, Mother Proxima and Val. That's awesome. Star Wars. I'm excited. Yeah. That the, the, gosh, the guy that does the BB-8 stuff, man, what a great job he has. Yeah, I want to see, you know, oh, man. Mother Proxima, this is this going to be like, uh, you know, like a new Maz Kanata for us? You know, I know she was 100% CGI, but like, is this going to be another character that, like Maz Kanata, that we're gonna, that we're really gonna dig? I don't know. The fact that they're, you know, like using a puppeteer to do stuff makes me think it's going to be really interesting. I'm hoping. Are you hoping that Maz Kanata shows up in one of these movies? Like, we get to see like the first meeting because, like, if this movie does really well. And we get two more Han Solo films. Are you hoping that we get like Maz Kanata show up in one of the trilogy? I mean, we get to see the first meeting of Maz Kanata and Han Solo. Yes, I would like to see that. Eventually. I would love it. I do not need to see it in the first Han Solo movie, though. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Save that. Yeah. Save some of that stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. I would definitely want to see it. Like, in definitely, I would definitely like to see it in the second or the third film though if it goes I feel on. like we will too I, I feel like at this point with as much other media as Star Wars is putting out there mm-hmm. if that story wasn't sacred then they would have already given it to us in novel or comic book form by now yeah oh yes yes absolutely absolutely yeah I think Disney Story Group is like saying things like that are untouchable you know what I mean yeah because that's how that works is they yes. have you know, they have like basically their Ten Commandments or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, the stories that are set in stone that the other people aren't allowed yeah. to, to do. It's why we haven't gotten an announcement of like an Obi Wan Kenobi comic book. You know, we've got Anakin and Obi Wan, but we're not getting Obi Wan Kenobi like the Lost Years. You know what I mean? That has mm-hmm. not happened yet because I think they're either going to save that for like the next animated series, which I doubt. I think we're getting Ewan McGregor back. I think Ewan McGregor's coming back. I think that's going to be the next big announcement. We're going to get that Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. I think the time is now. I really do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, they're definitely going to do something special with that with that mm-hmm. license. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I got sidetracked there. No, it's fine. I got fucking cats over here. I'm like, uh, like Flash zipping around like assholes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, totally get it, man. They don't give a shit that it's been fucking four years for us. Oh, the, yeah, the, the Maz Kanata stuff, though. Yeah, that, that story's too intriguing yes. for them not to have uh, 
did it by now if they didn't have something special planned for Okay, him. my question to you then is, are they going to show us how she gets the lightsaber, or is that going to be saved for a novel or a comic book? Th- that sounds more novel, comic booky to me. That's what I'm buying, too. I don't need to see that in a movie. No, I just want to see the first meeting of those two characters. Yeah, what's their history? Right, right. Yeah. If not the first movie, if not the first meeting, at least a more understanding of their relationship. I think where it makes it came from. Yeah, I think it makes sense to throw it in the second movie to be quite honest with you. I I'd be fine with that too. Yeah. Uh Ryan Johnson is claiming that the last Jedi is not just a retread of the of uh Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, um, he was getting a little steamy this week. Yeah, he responded to a Twitter post and uh here's the original post and his reply. Uh, what is it? Uh, Greg Burke 85 tweeted, they're just going to copy Empire. Nothing new here. Ryan Johnson then replies and says, Greg is right, actually. I've spent the last three years just copying Empire. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, man. I mean, well, I, Jake, we've kind of gone, I, we haven't yeah. gone rounds, but we've gone back and forth on this. I feel like this is going to feel, have its own feel. I feel like this Star Wars movie is going to have its own feel. I feel like Ryan Johnson's going to be bringing his own feel to it. You know, you know, we've heard quotes, uh, from, uh, Oscar Isaac that this has more of like an independent film type of feel to it. Um, yeah, it, it's still going to have, undeniable comparisons to Empire Strikes Back in eh, some ways, though. I, well, what movies don't? I mean, I mean, we always, especially when we're talking trilogies, We, or when we talk trilogies, you know, if you're talking about the second movie, they always try to go a little bit darker, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. and a lot of movies, a lot of trilogies, that second film is always kind of compared to Empire, so the comparison... Splitting all the characters up is yes. another big motif that Empire kind of started with right. the second film. Right. And it, it seems to be that's also happening here in The Last Jedi. I think the difference that, like, that I can talk about is I feel like this is not going to be beat for beat. And I'm not saying Force Awakens was. I I, I love Force Awakens for what it was and for um, generating Star Wars buzz again and giving everybody a taste of that old school Star Wars feel and what it did. And yeah. I loved it. And like I'm thinking that this is going to be – I think it's going to be different. I think it's going to be different. I don't think that Ryan Johnson was held to, all right, well, you got to – you got to recreate Empire in this one, like you know, like. Uh, no, I agree. Yeah, I think you could do both, though. I really do. I think you can evoke the same emotions of Empire Strikes Back without cloning the movie. And, I, and I'm with you. I'm just kind of earlier playing devil's advocate, you know, mm-hmm. for conversation's sake. Sure. But I, I do more side with you. Like I don't, I don't think it's going to be an Empire clone. Mm-hmm. But but I, I do, on the other hand, think there is undeniable comparisons to be made. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's just—it has to be. Empire set the standard yeah. for how these kind of things work with yeah. characters it, like this. I, I get, yeah, I get that, and I think that the comparison is going to be made regardless of how different the movie is, because I feel like the movie is going to be darker. Yes, and I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, but I also think another huge comparison will be that I really think there's a huge chance this movie will have a very downbeat ending. And then you'll be undeniably comparing it to Empire Strikes Back. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it can have a downbeat ending and not be a clone of the story in any way. Right. But it's still, by nature, 
comparable comparable to Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like taking anything away from the originality of it. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. No, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. I, I have full trust that Ryan Johnson's going to give us something different, something cool, and I also feel like we're going to get to know these characters more than we even got to know them in the first movie. Ryan Johnson is so good with his yeah. characters and his movies. Well, that's the, that's the point. I mean, that's again not to t- take away from what Ryan Johnson was saying, but that's the same with A New Hope and An Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Oh, I mean, you can go back and watch A New Hope, and Han Solo's cool as hell, but you don't really get to know Han Solo until that second film, in my opinion. Yeah, you don't know shit about shit right. until the second movie. Yes. And you saying that, Ryan, we're going to learn more about the characters, I mean, I would expect basically anyone who was stepping in after that first movie that mm-hmm. that was the job they had to do. Right. It's whether or not that person is comparable to do that job is the question. I mean, that that is the job now is to flesh out the characters in part two. It's, it's the same thing we're seeing in Guardians of the Galaxy part mm-hmm. two. Now that we've had the super fun adventure, it's time to dig into the characters more and yeah. learn more about these characters. It's what you, it's what you do in part two. Yep. I agree, man. Um, Ryan Johnson also on Twitter revealed this, and I thought this was really interesting because this is like going back months and months and months and months ago, Jake. We talked about this on our show that Ryan Johnson had uh, talked about how he was going to be writing episode eight and helping to write episode nine. And he revealed on Twitter that he hasn't been involved with writing episode nine and there's no confirmation if episode nine director Colin Trevorrow is writing it either. Hmm. That's weird. Who Ca- would be writing it then? I don't know. This caught me by surprise, dude. Cause like I had heard, we'd heard months ago that Ryan Johnson was going to be right, you know, helping to write eight and also helping to write nine. Yeah. That actually, it, it really inspired me hearing that. Right. And now this is. Ryan Johnson tweeted that that's that's not the case, and uh, you know it's almost like he didn't know where that get started uh, because it's not true at all. So I don't know who's writing nine. Uh, you think they 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 have to know? Oh yeah, yeah, they've got this shit planned out. Absolutely, they just haven't told us who's. It's Goyer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know who's, who's... I almost hung up Skype on you there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I just thought that's interesting, and it'll be interesting to hear in the coming months, like, who is actually writing Nine, because that's got to be starting soon, if not already started, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's even quicker turnaround if they keep to that May release than it was from uh, 7 to 8. Yeah. Check out this next rumor, dude. Check this out. Okay, Star Wars rumor. It's coming out of Omega Underground. They say, we've had two separate sources telling us that Lucasfilm is looking to have Mr. Robot creator Sam Ismail write a Star Wars anthology film. They're claiming that he's taken pitch meetings, like many others have over the last two years, with the studio, and the project they believe is likely the Kenobi movie. This could be the first word of actual development of an Obi-Wan Kenobi anthology project, which currently has a large amount of fan support behind it. As far as we know, this might only be a writing gig for Sammy Smell, but he's directed 15 episodes of Mr. Robot between seasons one and two, along with a couple of films like the Indie Comet. Uh, nobody 
has mentioned him as a potential director. Um, I, I don't know. Do, what, what I find interesting about this rumor is the fact that when we were hearing about Han Solo film, there was the rumor that Rami Malek, who is the star mm-hmm. of Mr. Robot, was actually rumored to have auditioned or like been considered for the role of Han Solo before, you know, Alden Ehrenreich was officially nabbed for the part. So yeah, I, I remember that. I'm willing to bet I'm I'm willing to bet, Jake, that if Sam Esmail does in fact write this Han uh this uh Obi Wan Kenobi movie, I'm willing to bet that Rami Malik is gonna get a part in it. I don't know if uh if they're gonna ha- if they're gonna play him as like Boba Fett or or like if if he does like a Boba Fett movie or or if he has like a role in in an Obi Wan standalone film. Yeah, I can't even play devil's advocate here. I'm with you 100. percent He would he would bring his guy along with him. Yes, and I'm sure his guy would want to come very willingly. Yes, <laughs> because you, you got to believe that you know that even though you know Obi Wan was like this hermit on Tatooine for all those years, he interacted with somebody. Come on, come on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Some stuff happened. Yeah. Yeah. So. Or it happened now, at least now that it's time to make money. Yeah, I uh, I'm behind this. I I would love to see Sam Ismail write a Star Wars anthology film. I think he'd do a great job. Mister Robot is a great series, and uh, getting Rami Malek in in a Star Wars film would be pretty fucking awesome. I feel like I felt like a lot of like when they were auditioning, like when they said thousands of people have auditioned for the role of Han Solo. I felt like what they were doing. Honestly, was like especially with Rami Malek, like he looks nothing like Harrison Ford. I feel like they were just bringing people in to also consider for future movies. Oh yeah, I agree. I remember you saying that all along. I, yeah. they've kind of <laughs> always done that. I think even in Lucas in the Lucasfilm days, they mm-hmm. just kind of kept their eye on people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, got so, some. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. Got some uh, rumors here. Uh, from making StarWars.net about The Last Jedi, and then we're going to wrap this bad boy up. During pre-production for Star Wars The Last Jedi, I heard rumors about Luke Skywalker having a kyber crystal he was protecting and or hiding. One version of the story basically went that Skywalker appeared to have pieces of Darth Vader's lightsaber on him, but they were obscured and you wouldn't really notice unless you were into the lore. Those kinds of rumors are always fun, especially when they're coming from credible avenues of information. I have been told that in Star Wars The Last Jedi, our favorite Skywalker is wearing a pretty cool necklace that might connect to that rumor. The shape supposedly is sort of like that of a wooden dog whistle when seen from a distance. I know that's a weird analogy, but that's what I was told. However, the interesting part is that when you look at the bottom of the necklace hanging around the neck of Luke Skywalker, you will see a red crystal protruding from the bottom of it. The red crystal or gem on the bottom of the necklace is factual and very solid information, and he does wear it in the film. I don't know if this is a story element explored in the film or if it will just be part of the lore. This is an interesting – I'm going to finish this because there's more to it. But this is very interesting because like – I like what they put here because they're talking about this necklace that he's wearing. On the flip side, like when we watched Rogue One, Jyn Erso's mother – gave her that piece of a crystal necklace 
and that's actually Kyber Crystal. Yeah, they confirmed that. And it's confirmed. And Donnie Yen actually kind of like his character when he first bumped into her, he said something about Kyber. So he knew. Oh, yes. Right. So, I mean, but they didn't really, they were actually like in the original drafts of the movie for Rogue One. Uh, her mother was supposed to be force sensitive. And, um, so was, and they, and I think they were actually kind of like, uh, toying around with the idea of Jen Erso herself being force sensitive. And then Gareth Edwards got involved in the project and he, you know, then, then all that stuff went away. But, um, so, I mean, what they're talking about, like with the necklace here and how it might just be like something you see that they don't get into. That makes sense, like with what we saw happen in Rogue One with the with the necklace there with Jyn Erso. Yeah, it would be cool to have more more Kyber Crystal until eventually they just kind of come all out with it and right. somehow drop kind of its big picture in the whole Star Wars universe a bit yeah. more clearer for everybody. Jake, is it a little weird though that it's a red Kyber Crystal and that it's from his father's lightsaber and he's wearing it around his neck? Yeah, I mean, I think the whole the whole Luke thing is Luke's going to be a little bit weird. Yeah, yeah. So, um, not surprising. The rest of this goes on to say, I'm putting it with the rumor I opened with because it makes a lot of sense. And I think the connection could be pretty strong between those early rumors and what I've learned he wears on screen. If Luke Skywalker has the last Darth Vader kyber crystal, someone like Kylo Ren would really want it. I don't know why Luke Skywalker doesn't just destroy it, but he would clearly see that someone as into symbolism as Kylo Ren would be even more of a monster if he possessed it. If it is a story element, will Kylo get it back and stabilize his saber with the power source of his grandfather's lightsaber? It doesn't sound like Kylo is getting it without getting better of Luke Skywalker first, though. What do you think? Yeah, see, that's all just speculation. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I don't subscribe to the Luke's going to die camp, that's for sure. Me either. I've never subscribed to that. So, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I don't I feel like... I definitely see yeah. a Luke, Kylo, some kind of, like, them meeting each other, though, at some point in this movie, Oh, possibly. they have to. He, I mean, if, you know, you, we're going back and we're talking about, you know, the novels. We're talking about Bloodline. You know, Kylo was his... Apprentice, his 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 Padawan. Yeah, I mean their giant faces are on the poster next to each other too. Right. I mean, oh, so. I, I loved what um, I was listening to. Uh, I wanted to hear what Sean thought about the Last Jedi trailer from League of Geeks, and Sean, being a graphic artist, he talked about the poster and he talked about you know how on our episode we were talking about the balance of the Force. And on the left side, you've got Luke. On the right side, you got Kylo. And in the middle, we were talking about Grey Jedi. You had Rey. Mm-hmm. You had Rey. And she's splitting them down the middle with the, with the lightsaber. I thought that was just an interesting way to look at that poster that Sean, that Sean brought up. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Um, I don't know. That is, that is really neat. I love that poster. It's a very cool poster. I like it. Um, I could see Kylo wanting to get that crystal, though. I could see it because, like, he's you know he got the helmet. You know, he wants the, yeah. he, he he wants everything in the in his display case. He's like a Vader fanboy. And then that's where uh, Benicio del Toro is going to come in. He's cause he's going to be like, I'm the collector, and I want. <laughs> he's just going to be. They just typecast him as the collector. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to duke it out over the Kyber crystal. Yeah. 
uh, that's what I got for Star Wars news this week, man. We are done. All right, I'm ready yeah. for I'm ready for a triple steak burger, guys. I would read emails this week, but it's eleven ten at night. I got to work tomorrow. We got a late start this week, so hopefully we'll be able to knock out emails. Uh, not next week, but the week <laughs> week after. Next week we will read your Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two emails. So send us yeah. those emails. We'll read those. I promise. Yeah, flood us with the Guardians of the Galaxy emails. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. Jake, man. I uh, can't wait to fucking – I can't wait. To, I got my ticket ready. Dude, I asked for the day off. I got the whole day off. Whole yeah, day I off. Know, I don't I don't even know what's going on with me next week. Really? So it's going to be hard for me to squeeze it in, but I'm going to. Yeah. I, I got the whole day off. I've got my IMAX ticket. I've got my seat reserved at an AMC theater. And I'm going to stay at home that day. I'm going to watch Guardians of the Galaxy at home. I didn't do the double ticket. They had it available. but I, Yeah, it, watch it in the comfort of your own home. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. I don't want to be sitting in that seat for fucking, you know, four or five hours and shit. So Yeah, you'll be good to go. You'll enjoy the second movie better not having been there yeah. six hours. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I just can't wait to hear your response next week after five post-credit scenes. Oh, I know, I know. I love I, it. I, it's almost like James Gunn sent me a fucking love letter. The fact that you have to sit through five fucking post-credit scenes puts the biggest smile on my face. To, yeah, to be fair, though, the Guardians one with Howard the Duck is one of my favorites, just because I love Howard the Duck so much. Well, you're going to get, you're going to, you know what, he's, he's, he's giving you more. Four times, four, five times over, five times yeah. over. Sometimes it can be done well. Yeah. So, all right, guys. And just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Later, y'all. Hey, welcome back to part two of episode 184. This is our four-year anniversary. And, uh, yeah, you guys thought it was the end of the show, but it is not. I am actually joined. It would not be a four-year anniversary if I wasn't joined by uh, somebody, at least a couple people from the Army, to help celebrate four years of pop culture leftovers. So joining us uh, on the show is uh, Old Man Shooty. Welcome back to the show, man. Gracias. Gracias. Yes. Gracias. Wow. <laughs> Old Man Shooty is bilingual. We found that out over CTE2. Also joining yes. us. Also joining us. My dog might be freaking out right now, guys, because like the, yeah, yeah, we've got, we've got, uh, like serious rain going on right now. Um, also joining us is, uh, Janine Daling. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be back. Absolutely, guys. So, uh, how's everybody been? Good. I know it's only been a few days since I seen you. <laughs> so, off days always follow days off, Brian. Right? You know that, right? Off days yeah. always follow days off. Yeah, yeah, makes yes, sense. yeah. My my week was one giant fucking Monday. That's the way it was. I mean, my Monday ended yesterday at like three thirty, four o'clock. Right. But every other day felt like a fucking Monday. Like. It, you know, is this is going to go wrong today? Great. This is going to go wrong today? Great. Um, this person's going to yell at me today? Great. You know, is it, is it, what day is it? Monday. And then, yeah, so that, that was my week. And I would have loved to have been in Chicago hanging out with you guys, but nope. 
I got work to do. Got to make some money. So there yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like Groundhog's Day with uh, Monday. You know, that's like that'd be that would be my luck. Is I, I I would experience Groundhog's Day on a Monday and have to relive that shit over and over every day. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's kind of how it felt all week long. I, but hey, I, I felt like I couldn't get caught back up on sleep. Like like no matter what I did, like my sleep schedule was just insane. Yes, I felt like I could have slept for days, and it still just would not have been enough. Yeah, I agree. But do you share your bed with three yappy dogs? <laughs> no. no, I don't. No, you don't. So no. both of you motherfuckers got way more sleep than me. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, yeah. I've got. I just got two cats and a dog that is flipping the fuck out right now, deservedly so, because it is insane weather outside here. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> No, it looks like a monsoon. This looks like 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 shooty. You brought weather up to like me. like Florida weather. It is. It's insane. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, get on the call with shooty, and all hell breaks loose here. Well, well I we mean, had those this morning. We had. I was actually woken up at like five thirty this morning by thunder and lightning that was setting off car alarms. It was it was epic, and it it poured like the heavens themselves just opened up. It was intense. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what's happening here. It's crazy. I think a branch just fell in my yard. So, yeah. You can wind up like parable and have the tree fall down. You know how many trees are going to hit your house? Oh, jeez. I've got like two huge trees out in front of the house. And uh, if one of them fell, I'm, I'm basically, my living room is now outside. So. Wow. Yeah. That's no good. Yeah, they're great trees during the summertime because they cast a lot of shade on the house and it keeps like the, uh, you know, the AC bill down. So, yeah, everybody is digging this conversation. <laughs> I was just gonna say, is this the uh, weather cast? Yeah, Welcome to weather pop culture weather friends or whatever. I don't know. Well, hey, hey, we can workshop that title a little bit, can't we, Shooty? <laughs> we certainly can. <laughs> All right, guys, I'll let's think about it. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's jump into your good pop, bad pop for the week. Uh, uh, let's start off with uh, Shooty. What do you got for us, man? Holy smokes! Okay, so the first thing I'm going to bring up, um, just because I feel the need to, is the series finale for uh, Bates Motel was this week. Oh, okay. um, you're going to jump my ass because I've never seen the show, man. I know you are. I'm not going to jump. I'm not going to jump your ass. I know you're busy, and I know you have to watch Breaking Bad first. Yes. So that's yes, fine. Yes. Janine, have you watched Bates Motel? I have not. Oh. Sorry. It's so good. Oh my gosh. So, so good. Um, I gush on it in the yard, um, all the time. Um, the ser- series came to an end, so it's kind of sad because, um, Mrs. Shooty and I love it so much. Uh, and, and you know, the two stars, uh, Vera from Mija and then Freddie Highmore, those two are just so amazing. The kid who uh, plays Norman Bates in the last. This last uh, season just did an amazing job because he had to pretend that he was mother, spoiler, uh, for most of uh, the season. So you would just see him pull a um, pull a split, you know, within a within a minute or two and just you'd go in and out of character all the time. It was just really, really fun to watch. And they did some really nice twists and uh, seasons one through four are on Netflix. You should check it out. Um, if you're smart like Brian and you just wait 
Um, I'm sure all five will probably be on in the next six months or so, and you can binge it. Really, really good stuff. Really well. Well, my, my question to you is, I mean, it ended. Was the finale everything you wanted it to be? Honestly, you know, I'm going to just taste the finale. Be, it, there's only one of two ways this show could have ended, and it took a really um, daring – I shouldn't say daring, but it, it went one route, um, you know, and and that's cool. So – but I, I'm a horror geek, so I kind of want to be left with this nebulous um, ending where people are like, gee, you know uh, – uh, maybe it could go on in a different light, but we're not going to tell that story right now. Do you know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, so maybe yeah, Norman yeah. isn't in a sh- uh, hospital or isn't dead. Right. The two, that's the only two ways the show could end. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, he's at another hotel somewhere or, you know, something like that would have been – I would have preferred that. Yeah. But I don't want to be one of those dicks. I've been thinking about this too. I don't want to be one of those guys that, you know, we get something really great and then we bitch about how much better it could be. Um, I don't want to be that guy for this show because I really enjoyed it. I don't know if that's a good enough answer or not, but that's one. That's one you're gonna get from me. No, that's a good answer. I mean, sometimes closure, especially like in a horror, in the horror genre, is not always. You may think you want it, but when you get it, it's not always what the best thing. You know, it's not always the best thing. I, I, I kind of like yeah. what you're saying about like the uh, the the mystery element. And right, uh, I, good horror leaves you thinking about it for a while. Right. Uh, which is my next thing I could talk about, unless Janine had questions on the Bates Motel. Uh, I don't have questions, but uh, it was a show that I wanted to get into, but just never did because of time. But you said that the first four seasons are on Netflix, so I'll probably add those to my queue and try to watch them at some point. <laughs> when you get time, right? Because When Netflix, I get time, because, they can... yeah, it's, it's epic right now. <laughs> right. You know what um, I, you know what I always say, shooty? I'm gonna let you finish here in a second, but like, you know what I always say to myself? It's like, you know what, Brian? Oh, just, just watch one episode a day. You do that, you'll, you'll finish the season, series, uh, the series. I never do that shit. Neither. You know what? It, it's easy to say that. And it's because it's like, I remember when Bates Motel came out and I was like, it was on A&E, right? Yep. Yeah. On A&E, yeah. I remember when it came out and I was like, I'm gonna get in on this show. And for some reason, Either I forgot to DVR it or whatever, and I just like let it go. Same thing. I did the same thing with uh, what's that? Uh, the the uh, motorcycle show, uh, Hell's oh, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. Did the same thing with that man. Yeah. Just let it all pass me by, and uh, next thing you know, like here's the fucking series finale, and I haven't I haven't watched any of it. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'll just I'll watch one episode a day, and I never do it. I never do it. I feel like, you know what I mean? It's like never starting like the the first day of going back to the gym or starting the first day of that diet or whatever. It's the same thing with TV watching. I'm t- I, I and TV's fun. What the fuck is wrong with me, Shooty? You're doing podcasts every 24 hours talking to assholes <laughs> like me. You gotta stop. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> All right, guys. Stop we're gonna talking to us. We're gonna wrap early watch tonight. TV. I'm gonna watch some Bates Motel. All right, we'll see you next week. There Bye, you go. Everybody. Bye. Have a nice day. All right. So, what else All you right. got for us, man? Um, have either of you guys watched The Void? No. Um, I've heard people talking about this. Yeah, big right, one. So- big big wonder that we haven't watched it, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I get it. So. Um, there's a 2016 Canadian horror film called The Void. It's on iTunes. It's been getting buzz, right? So 
I got to check it out. Um, are you both fans of the movie The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing? Love it. Oh, yes. What do you love about The Thing? I love the body horror and the the ambiguous ending. Brian? Uh, I love the... The, the the fear, just the fear and um the mystery. I I I love and I love anything John Carpenter. I mean right. so yeah. I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. And you, like when you're watching a John Carpenter film, you know it's John Carpenter. Like uh that's I love him. So Yep. So you will both enjoy The Void. Um The Void is an is really an homage to Carpenter's the thing. From the both the body horror uh, and um, I don't know what practical effects because there was no CGI back then, so they did everything practically. Right. Um, so there's a ton of really gruesome practical effects in this movie, and the movie, for the most part, you are on this journey with this police officer um, played by Aaron Poole. Uh, his name is uh, Daniel Carter. And uh, there's some things that happen that are weird in the beginning. And and uh, he picks up somebody on the side of the road who's been shot. And he brings him to the hospital. And it's kind of like Halloween 2 where there's not a lot of people in the hospital. And hospitals are fucking creepy anyway, right? I mean, ugh, oh, yeah. they're just totally creepy. So, I, you know, there's like six people in this hospital. And I hate hospitals, small Podunk Hospital drops this guy up. Next thing you know, there's this cult of people in robes with these triangles on their faces, and they think they're trying to get in, but they're really preventing them from leaving. You know, like, what the fuck is going on? So you go on this journey with this cop who has no idea what's going on, so you have really no idea what's going on, and that, to me, was really super creepy, and I dug that. I'm like, wow, what the hell? Like, you know... People get killed and then they turn into these gruesome monsters with like tentacles coming out of their eyeballs and oh my gosh, it's like what the hell is going on here? And um it, it's just really, really cool. The and I'm gonna have to high taste this one. I really want to Tupperware it. Um it stuck with me for a while. The only thing is the ending mm. is so mm. ambiguous and so like what the fuck just happened that for me, I had to go like go and research what the fuck happened. And then I felt better about it. But I think a lot of people would be like, "Well, that sucks, right?" So you know, the thing that gives it power also um, detracts from it, right? So if you're a person that I you need to explain shit to me, then you will hate this movie, and I mean hate it. But if you just want to like throw your brain out and go on this uh, roller coaster ride with some people and enjoy some awesome and i mean awesome practical effects um and, and they were great uh you will you will really dig this movie and uh again the more i think about the ending and i think they're gonna just leave it at one and done which i love i love that too right too many people try to build stuff mm -hmm. uh yeah. but it, it's still one of those like what just what just happened i have no idea so anyway that's the void i check it out you can rent it on itunes for like five bucks yeah yeah um, okay. yeah yeah for sure. Now, um, would you recommend? I actually, you know, I, I look to see what movies are playing near me. Uh, Forty-five minutes away, there's uh, the art theater in Champagne. They're actually playing this, I believe. Is it? Oh. Is it worth seeing in the theater? You yes. think? Yes. Well, okay. I 
Well, you know, I saw it on a small screen, so I watched it. I, honest to God, I watched it on the way to C2E2 on my iPad. Oh, okay. So if I had watched it on a bigger screen, um, I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more. But just think about this. Dark theater with a bunch of people who are into that kind of stuff. Um, I think that would enhance your movie going experience. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. For sure. I would definitely see it on a big screen if you could. Yeah. Um, if you walk in there and you're only, you're the only sad motherfucker that's in that theater, then I'd feel sorry for you. You know what I'm saying? You'll still enjoy it, but it's, it's kind of like when I saw Get Out, and I know you've probably had the same experience, right? Packed theater. They're all expecting good, good horror and, and they get it. I mean, that's just, that just makes, for a better movie experience. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's the same it. theater I went to go see uh, the Babadook in, and I had a great oh, time. Yeah, man, I would have loved to see the Babadook in a in a real theater. That would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's we have a very nice. It's a it's a theater. It's a co op theater. So you know you can you can uh, you know donate to them and and uh, it's really cool. It's like Champaign, Illinois, Urbana oh. is like the home of like Roger Ebert. So. Um, it was the home to Robert Roger Ebert, so they, they right. had the art theater out there, and they have like you know Roger Ebert film festivals and stuff, and so they'll play some of like these more obscure movies, these indie films that they're not playing at like the big you know AMC theaters or Regal Cinemas. So yeah, right now they're playing Space oh, Jam cool. tonight. No, wow. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love Space Jam. <laughs> they're playing. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're playing Space Jam. <laughs> so, wow. It's pretty dope. Pretty dope. That's uh, dope. Yeah. That's dope as fuck. I'll have to check out The Void, man. That sounds that sounds like right up my alley, man. That's like the kind of horror that I like, you know, like uh, too much the CG stuff cuz like computer graphics don't scare me, man. You know, it's it's the real practical stuff. It's like, you know, even with Walking Dead, we're seeing like Greg Nicotero and he should fucking be ashamed of himself for putting CGI blood in The Walking Dead. I don't know if that's AMC's decision or the F or the FCC or whatever the fuck, but I'm talking like I want old school, you know, red dye and, and corn syrup. Get, I want that's the blood I want to see on my screen. I don't want to see CG blood. It's bullshit. Oh, um, tons of real shit. And then tons of, um, oh my goodness, slime. Lots of slime in this movie. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. Right. nice. Lots of slime. Yeah. Janine, what do you got for us? Uh, actually, I also have a movie. Um, I went to go see a movie a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was called Aftermath. I think it had just a small release, actually. Um, it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger and our good friend Scoot McNary. Scoot McNary! Uh, Scoot McNary. Scoot McNary. Scoot McNary. <laughs> He's got a joint head. His head is humongous. It's like an orange on a stick. <laughs> Look at his head. <laughs> oh, I love it. so. So I married an axe murderer. I love that fucking movie. I love that movie. Good shit. All um, right. Actually, I mean, this is a kind of like a serious movie, but it's it's really good. It's well acted. Um, so the idea of the story is that. Um, Scoot McNary is a, um, is a, oh gosh, is the, he works in the, in the airport tower directing planes mm, okay. and Arnold Schwarzenegger is a construction guy who's waiting for the flight that's bringing home his wife and pregnant daughter. And through a miscommunication, two planes end up crashing in midair, killing like 
maybe three, four hundred people. And this is just a story of how the people are, are, are kind of coping with, with afterwards. And I was, I was bored through like 85% of the movie, but it, it's well acted. But then the last half hour is so intense. And I'm not going to give any spoilers as to what happens, but it's so well acted. And you're seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger actually like, like you feel his pain as a father and a husband. And it's, it's so good. I, I highly recommend this movie. I'm going to give it like a really high taste it just because it's so well acted and you see the, the decline that, that the, that Scoop McNary goes through, uh, because he feels responsible and, and just the way that the movie ends, it's so, it's just so good and it's a really deep, like personal drama, I highly recommend watching it. Um, it. It's not something that you need to see in the theaters, definitely not. But it's it's a really good like like a, a rainy day, Brian. I would say watch this movie, and it's it's like a really good emotional drama. I need to see a good Schwarzenegger film. I mean, it's been a long time. I'll be honest with you. So. It has been. Yeah. Get and to the chopper. Really enjoyable. Yeah. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Yeah, the bridge is all. Sorry, that's my best. I can't do a good one. Speaking of actors that were involved in movies that dealt with airplanes, let's talk about Tom Hanks real quick. He was in that. Uh, what was that? Uh, that movie, Sorry. Sully. Sully. Oh, yes. Yeah. Remember? Uh, but have you seen? Have you seen the? Uh, this surprised me. This shocked the hell out of me. Have you seen the Rotten Tomatoes score for his new movie, The Circle? Him and uh, Emma. What's her name? Emma the. Uh, Emma Watson? Emma Watson. I wanted to say Emma Thompson, but no, Emma Watson. <laughs> Have you seen the Rotten Tomatoes score for this uh, circle? It, last no. time I checked was 33. Is it less than that? Uh, let's cut that into about almost a half. It's like 16, <gasps> it's 16%, guys. So what? here's what I know about the circle. So I was going to take Lynn to go see the circle Thursday night because I love me Tom Hanks and sounds like a great story, yeah. right? Yeah, it does. Uh, and, and, and the trailers looked amazing. Yep. No, the trailers look great. So, yeah, so Tom Hanks is in this movie all of six minutes, right? So they give him He's all on the, the poster. Yeah, but he's in the movie six minutes. He's got like three scenes and that's it. He's it's not like he's not fucking Beetlejuice. Uh, what the hell's going on here? It's like putting Mark Hamill on episode seven poster, right? Yeah, he, yeah. Mark Hamill's in this movie, right? Oh my God, we can go see him. So apparently... There's no tension in the movie whatsoever. Like, nothing happens. You sit and watch what's going on. And, you know, from a con conceptual standpoint of, oh, we're going to have Big Brother watching everything we do. We're like two years away from that. That's great. That's awesome. But there's no tension. I mean, nothing happens. And hmm. you That's like movie writing 101. It, there's got to be tension, right? So if there's no tension, then there's no story. So... I, I have better things to do with my money than to fall asleep and then wake up for Tom Hanks for six minutes. So, yeah. yeah. This is sad because, guys, I'm looking at this cast. Tom Hanks, Emma Watson, John Boyega, Karen Gillan. Hold on. I'm not done. Patton Oswalt. Hold on. Right. This is going to break your fucking heart. Bill Paxton. Yep. Oh. It's his last film. Bill Paxton's back Paxton's last film is this piling heap of garbage. It's uh, excuse me guys, it's not 16%, it popped up to 17%. So Oh, well there you go. Yeah. Thank God. This is That changes everything. Well, this is uh, I mean this is this is upsetting because I mean I I honestly I don't I can't remember a bad Tom Hanks movie in uh 
in forever, to be quite honest with you. It's, no, I can't name one. I really can't. Yeah. I mean, maybe some of his – he does have some under-the-radar kind of like indie stuff that I haven't seen, but I, I haven't heard bad things about them. This is uh, – this is upsetting. All right. I wasn't – I'm not going to see that. I think I'm going to go see Gifted then this week. Maybe I'll give that a shot. Didn't Rebecca I, see I, Gifted? Oh, of course she of course did. She it has Chris did. Evans. <laughs> it, it was it was, the see the thing was it was like it was like in limited release, and so she got to see it like before like most anybody here did. So yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's got Chris Evans in it. So Janine, do you have any more? I have I have one more. Uh, I do have something else, but if you if you want to take a turn, go. For oh it. no no! By all means, please go first. Okay. Um, I also um, I finally jumped on reading the comic Birthright, yeah, uh, and I have nice. blown through the first four trades, and I actually just got issues twenty one through twenty three in the Holy mail. Shit. Um, this is the highest of Tupperwares. This, oh my gosh, the trades are amazing. I've I've lent all four of them, and and are and I'm and I'm forcing my boyfriend to read them, um, <laughs> and he he has to tell me what his thoughts are and if it's less than a tupperware we're gonna have problems yeah just saying it's it's <laughs> it's so good i he's a listener so he's gonna hear this yeah yeah dude listen up you get you better love it i'm telling you <laughs> it's it's so good like can you see this becoming a movie like easily easily actually but... i can see it being like an animated series, like yeah, yeah, like because, like, a, like a Netflix animated series where it can be dark and as gritty as 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 this, and because some of the things that happen, I feel like maybe with CGI, it's not going to look as great, but yeah. if it's animated, it's going to look amazing. Yeah, I'm getting a I'm getting a flash flood warning on my phone, but um, oh. um. Yeah, but I was going to say, like, another thing about if they did a live-action version, not only CGI, but, like, who are you going to cast as Mikey? Right? Yeah. This guy's jacked. I mean, yeah, of course, we could have the old Stand by the Rock, but, I mean, how many things can he be in, you know? I I can't see the Rock playing Mikey, although, I mean, it... No. No, no. I feel like the Rock, the Rock just now has too much of, like, a family-friendly face. I, and you need someone who looks like they're going to like seriously hurt you. Yeah, you could do Momoa, but then he could seriously hurt acting yeah. altogether. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, so. Please keep Momoa out of my birthright. Please. Yeah. 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 It's it's a fantastic book. I highly I Tupperware this too. I I love I love that you're reading this book it is and joshua williamson joshua williamson is just a a great writer in general so it's a great story i mean it combines a a lot of really cool things as far as like what i love Mm -hmm. i love i love uh you know fantasy worlds like uh you know like middle earth type places with uh creatures yeah and then on the flip side you've got like this uh conan the barbarian type of guy but also, you've also got some some sort of like uh, evil presence that's uh, uh, possessing him, and yes. uh, but then you're also dealing with the real world because like it's crazy, Scott. It's about this uh, it's about this kid and his family. They're out uh, out in the park and throwing like playing catch, and all of a sudden the dad throws the ball out into the woods, uh, and the little boy goes to get the ball, and uh, little boy's gone, and. Uh, he basically a guy comes the guy comes 
he, guy gets arrested from the police. I, it's been a while since I read the first few issues. But yeah, a guy, yeah, a guy shows up and yeah. he's arrested, and they check his um, they check his fingerprints and DNA, and because they took they had Mikey's on file when he went missing, they're like they call the parents down. And they're like, here's your son, but he's like he's aged like thirty years. Yeah, he's so much older, and they're like. How can that be? But then he knows things and it's like it's clear that that is their son. And he shows but, up. He shows uh, up like like in like Conan armor with all these weapons. Yeah. And it's only been a year for them. And like the mom right. and the, the mom and the dad got divorced because they like she like she resented him for the kid going missing. And it mm-hmm. affected like the whole family. Like this book's deep. And it but it also it like includes like all these cool like uh fantastical elements like this fantasy world and um uh like these uh demon creatures and possession and and uh it, it's 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 a phenomenal book so good oh cool sounds awesome i'll have to check it out yes oh yes fairly uh, enjoyable scott what do you got man okay final thing i want to talk about is uh this movie it's actually uh, just been released out in the theaters called colossal have either of you heard of this i have heard of it i do not know anything about it other than the title yeah janine but yeah i heard of it but it's it's really not on my radar yet um put it on your radar yes, uh sir. watched it amazing film so uh it stars anne hathaway jason sudokas Dan Stevens, uh, to just name a few. So the cast is really, really good. So anyway, Anne Hathaway is this unemployed writer. She's living with her boyfriend, Dan Stevens, the guy from Legion. And um, she's an alcoholic. So at the beginning of the film, she shows up and she's, you know, you know, drunk and she's got an excuse as to why she's out all night. And he, he finally, he's, he's had it. I'm done. Um, I, I'm done with you. Just Just go. So she's got nowhere to go. She goes back home. Apparently her parents uh, have moved out of her childhood home, and uh, she knows where the key is. So she goes back to this middle America town. She's, they don't tell you anything about it. And uh, she gets back home, and um, she bumps into uh, uh, Jason Sudeikis, or Sudeikis, or whatever, however the fuck you pronounce his name. And they, uh, he's like, oh, my gosh, hey, I haven't, I haven't seen you in years. So they were, you know – uh, childhood friends, right? So, hey, great. And uh, he plays this guy named Oscar. So Oscar is like, hey, this is awesome. Uh, I'm in a bar. Do you want to work at my bar? And she's like, oh, this is great. So uh, on the surface, you're like, okay, well, this is kind of a cool little drama going on. But then things kind of take a twist. Um, she wakes up one morning and she turns on the internet and there's this news story from uh, Seoul, North Korea, or South Korea, excuse me. And um, there's this giant kaiju monster that has attacked the city I'm and sold. then disappeared. I'm sold. I'm sold. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm there. As, I'm like, as you're describing this, I'm realizing that I did see a trailer for this, and I and I was, like, super excited to oh, see this. All right. So I'm like, this is badass. That's great. So she's talking uh, to everybody, and apparently she slept through most of the attack. So – you start thinking, wait a minute, something goofy's going on here. And then what happens throughout the course of these attacks that this monster has in Seoul, South Korea, we learn as an audience, she learns too, that there is this connection between her and the monster. They are connected. Um, 
like, her this actions. Is like, this is like fucked up E.T. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> um, her actions directly reflect the actions of the kaiju. And so it that's really, really cool. So she starts to grow as a character because she starts to realize that, you know, she's directly responsible for some stuff. And then the movie goes down a route that I didn't see coming at all. There's some really nice surprises there. Uh, because the relationship between Oscar and, and uh, Anne Hathaway, her name is Gloria. It, it takes a, it takes a turn. Um, you know, he's a super nice guy and all of a sudden, uh, he starts to get really jealous of her and everything. And, and there's this deep, deep, deep story about, um, abusive relationships and power and all that kind of stuff going on in front of this other story this fantasy story about you know this monster and um that was just awesome the acting was great and i was given this movie a taste it all the way up to the third act the third act sold this movie for me it's a tupperware all the way the third act has mass there's this uh there's a couple scenes at the at the end of the movie that are just so they in a very meta way pay pay homage to all the kaiju movies I loved growing up as a kid, but in a different way. So it's not, I don't I don't want to spoil anything, but it, you'll just have to watch it. You'll totally get it. There's, there's this like action scene and it's totally done in homage to kaiju movies, but it's, it's starring two people, right? So it's Oscar oh, wow. and, and Gloria. And I'm like, that's awesome. Could not believe how awesome it was. And the last 20 minutes, I got Lynn here. Did, were you cheering the last 30, 20 minutes or so? Yeah, it's good. Oh, my God. The end of this movie, I, I just was, like, standing up and cheering. It was so – blow your mind. Like, I did not see that coming. This is effing great. Um, great, great messaging. Uh, but I want to make sure that everybody understands. The, the, the monster part of it is n- – it's kind of a subplot, although you know it's it's running throughout the entire story. It's great, it's there, but it really is a human drama. And to me, that's just unique storytelling. That's just unique filmmaking, and you don't see that these days. I don't get. And you said it right. This is adult ET, right? Mm-hmm. What makes ET great is you know you've got the fantasy um, sci-fi part of um, what is essentially a Stand By Me movie of kids growing up, right? So here is this deep, deeper uh, uh, movie about people growing through hard times and, and abusive relationships and all that other kind of stuff going on. And they've got fucking monsters in the back. And amazing movie. I, I cannot recommend this movie anymore. And I'm going to give it a Tupperware because I know it will piss off David Isaac. So there you go. <laughs> this is crazy because this movie was made in 2016, but it did not get a U.S. release date. It looks like until sometime in April. Then sometime in April, yeah. When yeah. Um, oh, wow. the mirrors, yeah. Ryan and Camille came to visit us in. Um, oh my goodness, the first part of the year, yeah, January. And, and Cammy was just like, "Oh my god, I gotta see this movie." And she was talking about, talking about, talking about it. So when I finally saw it, holy shit, Colossal's out! I, I had to go check it out. Um, it's really, really good. Cannot wait to see it. I uh, just was reading about it. It was actually hit by a lawsuit in May 2015 claiming it had too many similarities to Godzilla from 2014. That's bullshit. I don't have any resolution to this. 
if you know right. what happened with that lawsuit, but I'm just reading that as a fact. That's crazy. That so, is crazy. Once you see the film, Brian, you're going to scratch your head and go, that's stupid. The only reason they give it a lawsuit like that is because it's got a giant monster in it. So I can't make Pacific Rim 2 because they got giant monsters in it. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There's no, there's no similarities to fucking Godzilla. Huh. That's like, ridiculous. That's retarded. Now, Godzilla 2014 made money hand over fist, so it's not like they need to sue for it. So, um, yeah, that that's uh, I'm sold. I've got to see this movie. I that sounds amazing. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I definitely want to see that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, you know. I, of course, I love Dan Stevens uh, from Legion and and Jason Sudeikis, one of my favorite uh, cast members on SNL and. You know, ever since uh, Anne Hathaway played Catwoman, I've I've loved her ever since. I really have. So yeah, can't wait to see that. And it's it, yeah, and it's really nice to see like Jason Sudeikis starts out typical Jason Sudeikis, funny, likable. Yeah. And then he comes this dick, and you're like, whoa! So he's got chops, and I, I, yeah. I can't remember another movie where I saw him do that. He's always playing the same guy. Now he's playing this dick, and he played it so well, and I bought it. Totally bought it. And that makes me happy. And more good news, it's rated R, so that's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. Very cool. All right. I, I, are we done with Good Pop, Bad Pop? We are done with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Yeah, I think you, so. You guys brought a lot of great stuff to the table this week, and I'm not just saying that just to kiss your ass. That was like pretty much everything there I, I want to see. Yeah, I'm even shocked that I want to see a Schwarzenegger film again. This is fucked up. I know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself, <laughs> but I want to see good old Scoot McNary and Schwarzenegger, uh, you know, uh, taking care of the chaos of planes blowing up and shit. So yeah, that's a thing. Oh. So uh, let's uh, let's jump into. You know, I'm not I'm not playing the bumpers this time. You guys heard them earlier in the episode. I'm not playing that shit again. But we're gonna move on into news. And the first news topic I'm going to talk about is some news that came out of the Hollywood Reporter. It looks like we are on the verge of getting a second season of 13 Reasons Why. Now, Scott, I know you've seen the series. I've seen the series. Janine, have you watched this yet? Uh, I have not. Okay, I, have, I have heard, I've listened to several reviews of the show. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the, the subject matter is not something I can watch right now oh uh, that's totally understandable it, it is a very there yeah it's a deep show um yeah. and it handles some very uh, sensitive subject matter my, my, scott i i know you loved the series i loved it too the thing is it's like um is it more of a one and done thing like they sent the message in the first season because guys uh, it's not greenlit for a second season, but they've already formed a writer's room, which means they're dropping money into it, and it looks like it should be greenlit any day now. Scott, I mean, is this a one-and-done thing? I, 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 Me personally, I'm I'm skeptical. I, I feel like the first season sent such a great you – know, not a great message in every aspect. Okay, I, I think it, uh, it sent a message, and I felt like it's – pretty much the end of the story i don't know are they what what tell me what you're thinking all right thanks for asking i i would disagree with you though. i think it's a great message i think there are a lot of really great messages in there and i think well okay so let's let's be real about 13 reasons why yeah everybody was talking about it yes everybody was talking mm -hmm. about it and and thank goodness you know what a lot of teens saw that series 
And a lot of really great discussions. My stepdaughter and Lynn and I had this amazing conversation about, you know, a flipping television show um, and, and some of the thoughts around it. And as parents, those moments are so rare, right? Yes, princess, they're rare. So what we um, – but I'm with you. I, I The only reason that I would go season two, and I wouldn't even call it 13 Reasons Why – because that's done, right? Yeah. These characters are great. I love the characters. I don't want to see the trial. I don't need to see the trial. They're going to lose, right? Uh, I don't need to see what happens uh, um, with one of the cast members um, at the very end who, who made a choice at the very end. I, I don't want to see that. I, I'm with you, Brian. I loved it for what it what it is. The story is over. Uh, if they want to do a show... I wouldn't mind seeing senior year with these kids and then see what else pops up. Uh, and maybe they have flashbacks to their friend. That's cool. But don't call it 13 Reasons Why. Call it whatever high school they're from or whatever. I, that that I would be intrigued with. But only if, and I, I mean this, only if they started dealing with more in-depth on some of the topics that um, they briefly touched on like cyberbullying. They briefly touched on it. I'd love to see more of that. Um, I'd love to see them talk about issues that are important to millennials and, and the generation that's following them and how technology has made things even more difficult for their lives. To me, that's great. And that's social groundbreaking. And if they can write a story like that, I'm in, but if they want to take the story to the next level and we get to see the trial at the beginning, I'm done. I'm checking out. So let's watch it. Hey, we're in the courtroom. Fuck you. I'm done. Right. Um, and I and actually I don't even know if the story needs to be told at all. I, I, I'm happy where we're at. Oh, I don't know if that's no, it, you, it makes perfect sense, because my big problem with it is like, what's the second season without Hannah's voice? We heard her voice yeah. throughout the entire first season. We're listening to these tapes along with all these characters. Second season, unless she made another batch of tapes, makes zero sense to me, which also makes me worried that the people sitting at the writer's room are thinking exactly what I'm thinking right now and thinking, maybe Hannah recorded secret tapes. Oh, it, God, no. Please, I, no. I, that's no. right. Yeah, that's exactly no. what I'm saying. No, Don't no, go that no. route. But on the uh, but on the flip side, the trial does not excite me at all, just like you're saying. It does not excite me at all. I don't want him to go down that road. Um, my only problem with it, and I've talked about it on a previous episode, is I felt like there was a hint, a touch of it glamorizing suicide a little bit. And um, I, I don't think that it glamorized it when they actually showed it, which was a bold choice which was a bold choice. They didn't make it look sexy. They didn't make it look cool. And it was sad it was, and heartbreaking. It was terrifying. And, that scene was terrifying. And Mrs. Shoot yeah. and I were in bed watching it together, and we were both like, don't show it, don't show it. Oh, my God, no, no, no. Like screaming at the television, yeah. don't. But I'm really glad they did because yeah. you're right. Yeah, There's nothing great about what she did at all. And people need to recognize that because it's like, hey, I'm going to kill myself and all my friends are going to feel sorry for me and it's going to be fun or whatever, uh, you know, and I'm going to get revenge. And they don't they, – it's just a horrible act to commit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they made that so very clear and I'm yeah. like, thank you. But it was really hard to watch. Yeah. So hard. It's just I know – 
teenagers and I know teenage mentality that watching those first couple episodes, you know, she it they, it did feel like to me like it was at first sort of glamorizing it and making her out to be some sort of a suicide folk hero. Um, and it corrected itself towards the end. I, I'm not taking anything away from that, but, and I, I don't know. I, it's a, it's a tough subject to get into, um, and try to make sense of it all because I was seriously worried about this show drumming up copycats and kids that would, that would do this. Like I was really worried about getting on Reddit or, you know, getting on news media outlets and, and hearing about kids like recording cassettes and, and all these things. I was, I thought that that could happen after the series came out. Um, and well, Jake and Harmon did record his own little love playlist for, uh, for Gar- uh, Jared Gafford. So, okay. <laughs> he gave him a, he gave him a, gave him a little cassette tape to play on the way home from C2E2. Right. Who has yeah. a, who has a tape deck anymore? <laughs> Jacob Harmon. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I guess we will wait and see if it gets greenlit. I'm pretty damn sure this is going to get greenlit. And, uh, we're going to be watching a second season of 13 Reasons Why on Netflix within the next year, year and a half. So, uh, interesting shit. I don't know. Moving on, it looks like ABC is going to be rebooting the Gong Show. Uh, this news comes literally weeks after the death of uh, the uh, creator Chuck Barris, um, and uh, how, they're putting a spin on it, aren't they? It's going to be hosted by Mike Myers, and he's going to be playing a character. Yeah, Tommy Maitland. Tommy Maitland. Tommy Maitland. Yeah. Um. I. I don't know. I mean, they brought back, uh, what's that show? It's, uh, where you guess behind the door. You guess door number one or two. Let's make a oh, deal. Let's, let's make a deal, let's right? Let's make a deal. Oh, yeah. They brought that back with, uh, Wayne Brady, and it was fun for about a couple episodes. And then I'm just like, you know what? I mean, no, I, you know, and like, you know, the match game with Alec Baldwin, you know, I watched, uh, you know, maybe an episode or two of that, but it's never anything like the originals. It, 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 it loses something. And now they've got this gimmick of, uh, Mike Myers being this Tommy Maitland character. Now, if they would have had like Jiminy Glick host it, I'm in. I'm in. Oh my God, that would have been amazing. Yeah. I was oh. just thinking that if they did something like that, I would totally be all for this. But this idea, it's a toss up. I don't even want to see it. So I'm watching through clips today of, of the old Gong show and, and just how irreverent a show it was. And it's so 70s, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's in the 70s. And I don't, Brian, does it resonate? today i mean would that really resonate today no i don't know i don't know if the audience that they're going after is going to buy into that no i mean this is we're talking we're talking post american idol we're talking post uh the voice and all these other shows america's got talent 
Uh, I mean, the gong show came out in that time in the 70s to where it was pre all that stuff. And it was pre like, uh, you know, America's Funniest Home Videos. This was just like people getting up there and doing their thing and uh, being yanked off stage. Um, I mean, this is – I don't know. It, it, I guess it really depends on uh, – you know what? Fuck it. I toss it. It just yeah, – I'm not going to try to – I toss it. I think it's. I think it's awful. I, I just. I don't. I. I toss it too. But as we're talking, the only thing I think about you brought up American Idol. And you bring up a good point. What's the best part of American Idol? The first couple weeks when everybody sucks. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. So yeah. if we, if they can get, and that's why the whole Tommy Maitland thing sucks. So if they have gotten like Simon. Or people who are serious about their craft, I might buy into it a little bit more. But if you get people who are like, I'm seriously talented and this is my thing and they suck, I think it's got a chance. But to throw the this character that no one's heard about, to try to do the Chuck Barris thing um, in today's environment, I just don't think that works. Yeah. Right? It yeah. just doesn't fucking work. Um, and the only other way that this show is going to work too is they've got to do, you know, guest stars that are relevant. So you know, um, they had Eric Idle on there a couple times, and you know, and they had their st- standard people of Jamie Morgan. Um, and I saw a clip today where that was uncensored where she took her top off. That was interesting, you know. And these people were just, you know, at, at the at the beginning of their career. But you look back and go, wow, there's you know, Monty Python's you know, creator there. It was just really, really cool guest stars, but I don't know. I just, and it's ABC too. So they're really good at fucking up shit. I love. So I I don't know. That's true. It it is being produced by Will Arnett's electric Avenue. So Will Arnett is involved in this in some shape or form, which does give me a little bit of hope. Right. So I don't know. I just, it just doesn't seem like, like something that's going to catch fire. And I think it really kind of hinges on how people are either drawn to this Tommy Maitland character or are turned off by this Tommy Maitland character because I love Austin Powers. I hate Yes. I hate the love guru. Oh, yeah. Right? So did did you see that they're going to have Wayne's World 3 and they were going to play Garth and you know do their roles again. Did uh, you see that, let, Scott? Yeah. Let me let me explain something here real quick. Um, they had uh, I think it was the fortieth correction Tuesday, whatever. I'll hear about it, but I think it was SNL's fortieth anniversary show, and they brought back Mike Myers and Dana Carvey to reprise their roles as those characters. And I'm talking, this is just a few years ago. And I mean, these guys are old now and they killed it. They really fucking, okay, I missed that. Watch okay. it, man. Watch They right, fucking, watch it. fucking killed it. It was one of the best Wayne's world sketches I've ever seen. And, uh, I was worried about that because there is that dumb and dumber effect where it's been 20 years and like these guys are too old to play these roles. I mean, we've seen it with Sandler. Um, these guys yeah. are too old. To, now, now on the flip side, a whole movie about these guys? I, I don't know. It was fun in the basement, right? Okay, for right. you know, give me five minutes back with these characters in the basement. That's fine. But a whole movie? I don't know. I don't know. But 
Yeah, watch that 40th anniversary. I think that's what it was from, but it, I think it was just from a few years ago. It was so right. fantastic. Was that the one they did, like, a top ten list? Yes, yes. Okay, I have seen that. They did kill it. Yeah. Although they, my favorite Wayne's World episode was with Tom Hanks as the roadie. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. that was Check so one, good. two, sibilance, sibilance. Yeah. Check one, two. And <laughs> I was a technical director for years, and that went viral. I mean, every... Every A1 and TD now, that's how they do sound checks. They do it. <laughs> they, that's how they do it. And right. It's unbelievable. Uh, I loved it when Aerosmith ended up in the basement with them. Yep. Uh, same. That was the same. Oh my episode, God. Yeah. 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 So Aerosmith. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. I, I was, um, I was 14 when that movie came out and I saw it in, in the theaters and it was like a religious experience for me. <laughs> so I loved it. I love that movie. Um, and I think part two is not as good, but it's still got its moments. So yeah, well, they, they single handedly so resurrected the awesomeness of Bohemian Rhapsody as well. Yes. You're right. You know, Just- Mike Myers fought for that. They did not – Mike Myers threatened to leave the production if they did not put that song in the movie. Because before then, it was just one of those cool niche queen songs that some people got and some people didn't. Right. And then it became a cultural phenomenon. And, uh, yeah, you're totally right. That, I didn't know he was threatening to walk off. That's the right choice. Yes. He, I would have walked off, too. This this is important. You know, oh, that, yeah. and, you know, and that, that, and that resonates because every time that song comes on, we even went to a Queen cover band concert just a couple of weeks ago, and they played Bohemian Rhapsody. That part comes on, you let your hair down, and you headbang. Like, it is. <laughs> and you saw, like, the crowd was, like, divided, too. Like, some people were headbanging, and others were looking at them, like, what is happening? And you can tell, okay, you guys are Wayne's World fans, and you guys aren't. But you know what? It, it is so, like, even when I'm just listening to it on my headphones, like, I'm on the train, and I have to control myself to not headbang. It is, oh, That's so what you good. do. That's what you do. But I do. But I do. <laughs> One quick aside. So, Queen... You know, they still tour because they got to make money, right? When um, and they, uh, when they play that song now, do you know what they do? What? They play a video of Freddie Mercury singing um, while they back him up on uh, with real uh, with their instruments. Oh. Therefore, saying no one, you know, I can't remember who's fronting for them now, but um, yeah, that they they let Fred. That's Freddie's song, so they, oh, yeah. they basically just give it over to Freddie, and I'm like. That's dope. That that's really bold and dope. So I mean, I'm done with that. No, no, that's fine. I mean, are you guys excited for the Freddie Mercury movie that's going to be coming yes. out? Yes. 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 Mm, I'm not, guys. It's uh, I think it's PG-13. Um. Oh, I didn't know PG-13. Now. Yeah. Now, yeah, no. I'm less excited. Not, no, I'm less excited. Don't quote. How do you do? Freddie Mercury, PG-13. I know. See, that's the thing. I think it's PG-13. Don't quote me. Um, and uh, they're not going to get into a lot of the dark stuff in his life because the band members won't let them. Um, that's why Sasha, Bar- Sasha Baron Cohen left the film. And that's why they got – I think they got Rami Malek from uh, Mr. Robot to play yes. Freddie Mercury. So, yes. Um, I was very excited when I heard about this originally when they had Sasha Baron Cohen. He looks exactly like Freddie Mercury. He does. And uh, and uh, when it was uh, being touted as an R-rated film where it was going to actually, you know, get into his life and and um, 
now it feels like they're I can understand like bandmates and family members wanting to protect him and protect his legacy, but you know, sometimes the best stories you need to see characters fall before they can rise back up again and and um I just feel like they're gonna give us some kind of like sugar coated bullshit story. But hopefully band wanted to whitewash Mercury's checkered history and present a more PG version of his life. Right, exactly. I mean, they're basically Disneyfying it, like just like that, the making of the Mary Poppins Disney movie that came out with Tom Hanks, totally flu- like fibbed about a, a bunch of shit. I mean, that yeah. that woman hated Mary Poppins the film when it came out, and they acted like she was all behind it and shit. And yeah, you guys did a great job. And it's that's not the way these things happened. And so like. You know, uh, I went from Freddie Mercury to Mary Poppins in like five seconds. That's amazing. <laughs> How do we do? <laughs> I don't know. We we went from the Gong Show to Wayne's World to Aerosmith to um, <laughs> to Queen to Mary fucking Poppins. That's awesome. People write this <laughs> down. That. that takes talent, right it there, does. Brian. It really, really does. That. It's unreal. Um, let's, uh, let's, uh, <laughs> man, no, let's, uh, let's, <laughs> let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right. We're back and we're going to be doing, we're going to talk about some Marvel news. Uh, real quick. I wanted to talk about, uh, Logan. We heard from James Mangold that we were going to be getting a black and white version. A lot of people thought that that was just going to be on the Blu-ray release or the video on demand release. And, uh, it looks like it's actually getting one day in the theaters, uh, what did uh, James Mangold uh, tweet? He said, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Hugh Jackman. He tweeted something about uh, uh, May 16th. Make sure you uh, keep your evening free because we're going to be dropping uh, dropping black and white Logan in theaters. So are you guys interested at all? Or are you just going to wait to see this uh, when it comes out, uh, you know, on uh, Blu-ray? I'll probably wait for the Blu-ray. Yeah, Are you I saw fucking kidding me? I missed half that movie. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. And I'm, I'm a horrible husband that did not find time to take Mrs. Shooty to go see it. I actually saw it with a friend of mine out in Minneapolis. So I'll take her and and uh, take a couple of uh, you know five-hour energy drinks before I go in, and we'll be good to go. I, I think I'm going to go see this as well, not because I fell asleep in the original theatrical release, but because of, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't a big fan of the Max, you know, Mad Max Free Fury Road, but, um, they can't, they did release the, uh, Black and Chrome edition. And I was considering going to see that. I didn't. Um, and also, uh, one of my favorite parts about, uh, the Kill Bill movies is when it goes, when it flips to black and white. I, I actually love the action in that and the way they make the blood. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. Yeah. That is true. That um, is a really good part of that movie. And I love that the, uh, the blood is actually like white in that, I believe, if I'm that's correct. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I have don't think. Have you seen. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Have you seen The Mist in black and white? No, I never have. No. Oh, that's awesome. Continue your thought. You need to check that out. I, yeah, I definitely need to track that down. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that this would be a fun experience just to see it, uh, on the big screen again. I love the movie so much and to see it in black and white, which I think is kind of like, uh, I, I think Mangold is doing this for a reason. I think that they're releasing, he's, he's, that they're releasing this in the theaters for a reason. I feel like it, it it's meant to be seen in this black and white. So, 
um, yeah, definitely excited about it. So May 16th, I'll be making my way to a theater to see it. I hope it's wide release. I don't know if this is like a Fathom event or something like that. Mm. I hope it's uh, nationwide. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see this. So moving into spoilers, possible spoilers for Avengers Infinity War. Uh, this news, where did this news come from? Uh, let's see here. I've got an article here from Comic Book Movies, and they, I guess they were on the, uh, the set of, uh, Avengers Infinity Wars, and I guess there's a, uh, there's a scene where there's a, uh, Scarlet Witch, and they say a, quote, a very human looking vision embracing on the set of Avengers Infinity War. So, also, Vision touches his forehead after they kiss. And and it may point to him missing the Infinity Stone, which has potentially been torn from his head, either by Thanos or his alien henchmen. So, wow. Uh, You know, we kind of, on the show, we kind of alluded to maybe there being a possible romance with these characters. I mean, they have a romance in the comics. And right. we, we saw that scene in Avengers Age of Ultron where he, you know, he, fl- he, he's actually holding Scarlet Witch and he flies her out of harm's way or whatever. And, uh, kind of, kind of like a little nod, you know, to their relationship. But it looks like they're gonna, they're actually gonna be doing this. And, uh, that has me excited. That's very cool. I'm stoked. I'm super stoked. Their relationship in the comics was really well done. It was just one of those really, you know, where you actually had to think about the relationship. It's kind of like if Data had a girlfriend on the Enterprise, yeah. it, it would have been that kind of relationship. So you really saw those characters evolve, and it really talked a lot about the, um, oh my goodness, like, what is love really all about? What does it take to love someone? And I'm just like, that was so great. And I was hoping that they would touch on that. I just didn't think they'd get there this soon, but I'm real excited about it. This this is awesome. Well, my question to both of you is, let's say that you know this relationship is uh, portrayed really well on screen. Everybody's a big fan of these two characters, and everybody is definitely shipping Vision and Scarlet Witch. Let's okay. Now let's look at another movie that's coming out: Ant Man and the Wasp. What are the chances of them actually making a Vision and Scarlet Witch team up movie? I mean, nobody's talking about this. Nobody's talking about a Vision movie. Like everybody's been talking about, and of course, I want to see it too. I'd love to see like a Black Widow movie, maybe get some appearances by Hawkeye and and things like that. But like, what are the chances of getting a Vision movie? I mean. Is Paul Bettany, are they going to do that? Are they going to give Paul Bettany his own film? Or is this guy just going to continue to be just a member of the Avengers, albeit a very powerful member of the Avengers? I mean, and I'm not saying I think that they're going to do this. But, like, what are the chances? Like, is this possible? I don't know. I mean, it could be like a – we could see something, especially after this – where it looks like the the stone has been removed from his forehead. Like if they did a team up movie 
where it's like him like learning how to be human and accept that he's not the more powerful one anymore. Um, I mean, that could be interesting as more of a, like a, like a human drama aspect of the Avengers instead of a, you know, save the world type thing. I am going to say, no, it's not going to happen. Um, I see what you're saying. Like, I'm just saying, I, I think it, I think it has to do with the fact that it is Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen as these characters. I just mm-hmm. don't, I, they're, it's not Paul Rudd, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not Chris Pratt. I see that. It's Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen. And as much as I, I, I think if you had a bigger name in there for like the vision, uh, and, uh, even Elizabeth Olsen, if you had bigger names in there, then we might get those movies. Um, I mean, there, I mean, we're, we're, how many years into having Black Widow as a character, and we still haven't even had a an announcement of a Black Widow movie? So, right, you know, that's true. I, I think it would be a really daring choice. I think it'd be a really cool movie, yeah. and I, I don't even think it would be a whole. It would be a lot more on how uh, they become a family and how they have kids, and it'd be a really great, awesome new uh, story around superheroes that probably wouldn't make a ton of money and you know disney's all about the i want the popcorn you know they do popcorn movies really really well yeah and that's not a popcorn movie it's a it's a much more surreal movie and i just don't think that um that they would produce it just for that what's crazy is that we've got james gunn as a cheerleader saying i want to make a rocket and group movie and uh we're not going to get this other movie which i think i think uh a Rocket and Group movie is going to make a ton of money if it does come oh. out. I mean, oh, yeah. kids are going to flock to the theaters and, uh, you know, these characters are already popular now. Um, but, you know, even after uh, Avengers Age of Ultron and uh, Civil War, uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch are not big characters. They're not, you know, I didn't see any, I, you know, at C2E2, I didn't see any Vision cosplay. I didn't see any Scarlet Witch cosplay. Not to say that they weren't there. I just didn't see them. You know, right. I saw, no. you know, I saw Rocket Raccoons and things like that. And, uh, you know, kids dressed up like Rocket. And, um, but, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I think it would be a daring choice by Marvel. I just think it comes down to both of those actors kind of being more of like your, uh, character actors in, uh, in Hollywood and not being able to, to star in their own, you know, movie. So, I well, you never know what whatever happens. You, you'll see what happens to them in Infinity War, and yeah. perhaps there's a storyline that's there that they're setting up, and that would be really cool. Yeah, but I'm with you. I don't think I don't think they're doing that. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Screen Rant had a story about are they going to recast Rogue in Dark Phoenix? I don't give a shit. So moving on. Um, <laughs> I don't care. Uh, let's I don't see. care either. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, Patty Jenkins, the director for Wonder Woman. She, uh, we haven't even got the uh, the Wonder Woman film out yet, and she's sharing ideas for a uh, possible sequel. Which uh, let's see here. She says, uh, uh, let's see here. She says, I'm excited for her to come to America and become the Wonder Woman we are all familiar with from having grown up around her as an American superhero. Um, she was talking to the Toronto Sun. She continued to say, I'd like to bring her a little farther along into the future and have a fun, exciting storyline that's its own thing. Wonder Woman 1 is so much about her becoming the person she is. 
I can't wait to spring forward with who she is and have another great standalone superhero film. So the original rumor was that I, that we had talked about months and months and months ago was that this first movie was going to be set in World War One, and the second movie was going to be World War Two. Now, this is very, very old information. It sounds like Patty Jenkins has, like, different plans for this. She's actually wanting to take the movie into uh, into the future a little bit more. When she means future, does she is she talking about let's get it current with uh, where DC is now, or is she talking about let, let's take this maybe to, like, the 60s or the 70s? I personally would love to see another period piece and have her in like the seventies or something like that. I think it'd be fantastic. Uh, I like a little, kind of like a little bottle movie, you know, but what are you guys thinking? Would you like to see her be caught up with uh, the rest of the DCEU so she can mesh with what's going on in their expanded universe? Or would you like just another intimate story with just Wonder Woman? I'd love another intimate story with just Wonder Woman. And I think she's hinting at that because she says, you know, an exciting storyline as its own thing. So I don't think that it's more of like bringing her up to date with where the DCEU is. I would love to see her like in the 60s or 70s yeah. as almost like a nod to like the Linda Carter series. Yes. I, I would love to see something like that. That great point. Scott, what are you thinking? <clears throat> First, I want a good Wonder Woman movie so give me a good one first right so that if this and i'm worried about wonder woman i really am i think it's yeah. really important that it's good uh somebody uh posted online the other day about they're not really promoting it as much as we think they should be and i buy into that so i'm a little worried about it but i'm with both of you i'd rather have a period piece i think the 70s would be awesome it'd be really cool if they did it early 70s and like uh, right at the end of Vietnam, so maybe she can go over there and touch mm -hmm. over there. That would be very interesting. Um, especially, you know, I'm going to support the people that I that I serve, but what they're doing doesn't make sense to me. That would be that would be really meta and surreal as well. Um, but I, again, I I really really want to see a good Wonder Woman movie before we start talking about the next one. Don't and DC's track record does not have me excited. This movie. Don't believe that report that they're not putting money into the marketing. I have actually got uh, – um, I looked into this a little bit more. Vanity Fair actually had a article coming out that came out, and uh, it's the exact opposite. Wonder Woman's marketing costs more uh, currently than Suicide Squad's. Um, Warner Brothers has reportedly spent $3 million $43,212 on ads for Wonder Woman up until this point, which is significantly more than the $2,645,643 Warner Brothers spent on ads for Suicide Squad five weeks before it's released last year. So they're, they're spending, they're actually spending more money on Wonder Woman than they did on Suicide Squad. Great, cool. Hopefully, it pays off into something good. Yeah, I hope they learn their lesson with um with the marketing that Suicide Squad did. That it sort of marketed a different movie than what we got, and the marketing that they're putting out for Wonder Woman is actually the the movie that we get. That's 
that's the thing. Are we going to get a new, another Suicide Squad? Or are we going to actually, is what we're seeing that's getting us excited in the trailers? Cause I'm not going to lie. I'm excited from what I've seen in the trailers. If, if oh, we, me too. The, the trailers are, are like, blow my dick off. But yes. Hey. Yes. Yes. The trailers but are I'm concerned. fantastic. It's, yeah, but, uh, you know, how many times have we been fooled by DC trailers? Oh. That's the problem. Yeah. So, uh, guys, that's all I got for us this week. Um, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to bring to the table, but I thought we covered a lot. And um, could, we, could we talk? I want your take on the Zemeckis Flash rumor. Oh yeah, we got to talk about that. Um, he uh, he's not doing it. It's all right. Well then, there's there's my there's the take. Cool. I <laughs> me and Jake talked about it last night, and you guys are going to be able to hear. You know, I'll go over it right now. I. Me and Jake were super excited when we heard that Zemeckis was going to be involved, possibly in the Flash. That discussions have been taking place, um, but I mean, we're finding out now that Zemeckis has recently signed on for a different film. It's a project starring Steve Carell, and it's from Universal Studios. And this is going to conflict. They can't keep pushing back the Flash. They got to find another director. And with Zemeckis signing on for this Steve Carell film, uh, it doesn't look like, uh, and this is going to have a November 21st, 2018 release date. It doesn't look like he's going to have ch- a chance, time to do a Flash film. It's, it's upsetting to me. I don't know. What are you guys thinking? Gene, you have super, thoughts? I have. Yeah, I wasn't really super excited about a Flash movie. Uh, just, I'm, just because I'm so, I'm in a love-hate relationship with the DCEU. So for me, it's just sort of like, eh, when the movie comes out, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe get excited. But for right now, all just all the rumors and the fact that they're going through directors like tissue paper, it's, it, it's hard to get excited. Scott? Robert Zemeckis and The Flash are like peanut butter and chocolate, right? So that is the perfect character to bring a Zemeckis director to and I got really excited when I heard the rumors I'm like oh well well, that would save everything yeah oh yeah Barry Allen is all about the feels Barry Allen is all about growth I mean you've seen uh, great stuff on the CW just killing it I, I even the bad episodes of the flash are still really good you know all things considered so if you put those two together, I, I just think that it it brings something to this universe that we desperately need, and I am I am sad. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go have I'm gonna go have some alcohol and a, and a nice cigar to feel better about this news that they're not because I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who I'd want to do a Flash movie, and and, and uh, you might as well just put it on the shelf. Again, we got to see what's what's going to happen with the the rest of the stuff. Um, we, you know, we already have, you know, Harley Davidson. Um, I don't know what that is that Aquaman's carrying, but it's not a fucking trident. You know, it's got <laughs> five tips on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's add more to it. It'll be really cool. Um, I just, I'm just, I don't know. I want to see somebody Photoshop some like fucking hot dogs on the end of that bad boy. <laughs> oh, done. No, All right. shrimp. I'll, there needs to be shrimp, but he's like a giant shrimp fork. If, uh, yeah, he's got like fucking, uh, he's got like a uh, trident kebab or whatever the fuck. Or, 
It's ridiculous. It's abs- Zemeckis would have been the perfect director director for the perfect. Flash. It's a yes. it's a damn shame, Scott, to go back and look at the evolution of this the 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 de evolution of this fucking film. It originally had Phil Lord and Chris Miller as writers on this. They they wrote a treatment, but they didn't you know write the screenplay. Um, and then I mean it gets worse. We had Seth Graham Smith, and then we then you know I was happy we got the uh, dope director Rick Fumiyawa. I was like, okay, all right, things are looking up. He got his girl from that movie to be uh, Iris in the movie. Then he leaves it because of creative differences. Now this actress that came there because of Rick Fumiyawa, now she's stuck in this movie and she doesn't even know who her director's going to be. Then we get news that Zemeckis, the guy, you know what? Number one, he did Back to the Future. Now that movie deals with time travel. Oh, who who else deals with fucking time travel? The Flash. This is a ma- this is a match made yeah. in heaven. And then yep. You know, it's unfortunate. You know, I'm, more power to him for doing this movie with Universal. I mean, that's great. That studio's had some really good hits over the last few years. They killed it with Jurassic World and uh, Straight Out of South, uh, Straight Out of Compton. You know, a couple years ago. You know, more power to him there. But like, I think, um, I think this would have saved. I think this would have saved the film. I really do. Yep. I really yeah. do. So it's a, it's a damn shame. And. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. For a movie called The Flash, they're they're not they can't make this thing in a hurry because it's it's taking forever for anything to get done on this thing. I mean, this movie was supposed to come out. Was it? I mean, was it supposed to come out uh, next year? I mean, I, I don't. It's ridiculous. I think so. I, I think it was later for next year. If yeah, I think it was. And they kept and they, yeah, pushing it back and pushing it back, and now I think it's not slated until like late 2019 yeah yeah if that yeah i was thinking dc was uh starting to turn things around a little bit you know we got they got matt reeves in the camp for the batman and you know matt reeves is a great director and like with zemeckis i was thinking like wow if they can get him under the dc banner uh this things are looking up but it's not going to happen it looks like with him doing this other movie but um that's all i got yeah thank you scott for bringing that up i totally forgot about that my pleasure. Gracias. <laughs> Gracias. <laughs> a little bit of C2E2 humor there. Um, oh. All right, guys. That's all I got. That's all I got this week. I'm spent. Wow. Well, thanks for having us on. Really appreciate it. And Absolutely. congrats on four years. Four years. Four yes, years. <laughs> four years. Four more years. Four, four more, more years. years. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so, so much. If I can get personal for like a little second. Yeah, um, sure. Brian, I have to give you actually like the biggest thank you um, because I, you know, I mentioned a little bit earlier that that I have a boyfriend now and I honestly would not have met him if it wasn't for the podcast because we met through the Leftover Army page. Are you serious? I'm serious. Oh, that's cool. So, fuck that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck you, Match.com. Mr. Gus Untight. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Yep. Well, take that, Match.com. Here we go. For real. This, is, <laughs> this is awesome. Well, congratulations to you and Gus. That's that's amazing. Thank you. Wow. All right. Changing lives. I know. That's crazy. No, that's We kept saying, you know, you gotta tell Brian about this. <laughs> that warms my heart. That is so cool. That's awesome. Good for you guys. 
Wow. This is, yeah. That just kind of pisses me off, you know, because I didn't meet anybody on the Lithovami page. I was too busy writing emails. Uh, and Brian never reads those fucking emails anyway. I'm writing the emails. He's not reading my emails. God damn it. Fuck. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got a lot of emails. I've got to read people. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing. I'll get around. I'll get around to him eventually. Not next week. No, though. you ought to. You ought, to, next you, week. You ought to give uh, people who are active in the army. You ought to just send them to us because I bet you we we could just have a special email show and you wouldn't have to fucking deal with it at all. That yeah, just pass them That's off. A great to you idea. Guys. Hey, Brian and Jake. It's the. <laughs> I, I got a question hey. for Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could we could do the Brian impression. Oh, I heard it earlier. <laughs> oh yeah, hold on. Got it. Got it. <clears throat> but I like the Wolverine, and I want to see it in the black and white now. That's why if they don't do the Wolverine in black and white, I mean, what the fuck? I mean, hey, you know, I wanted in my Blu-ray, and now I gotta have two Blu-rays. Fuck this! I'm gonna write the pop culture leftovers. We're gonna get uh, Brian's thoughts on this, and if he doesn't read it in a in a, in a couple weeks, I'm gonna give him a one-star uh, review. I thought you guys were gonna go with the old standby. Talk to me, Chief. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. We got that one too. Talk to me, Chief. Talk to me, Chief. What you got? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I got nothing. nothing. All right, guys. We will see you next week with episode 185, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Fuck you. Fuck fuck you, England, for already having this shit, right? I know. (laughs) Suck my nuts. (laughs) All right. We'll see you you next week with uh, Volume 2. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Leftover. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Left-
love it, hey, let's face it, can't embrace it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover, uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftover, only talent, it's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.